New York Comic Con was awesome. Don't you guys agree? Uh, I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) How do you have energy, Marco? Jesus. How not, dude? Was that not energizing? I was pumped, dude. I mean, my feet uh, have are feeling the effects of gravity and (laughs) and being touched upon. Uh, But no, it it was it was pretty damn good show. Yeah. Where did that a little weird? Yeah, he worded it in a Tyler way. Very, very Tyler. That wasn't even purposeful. Guys, I've been doing a lot of talking this weekend, okay? Word might not work too good today. Brain broke. (laughs) You guys aren't used to seeing us on this day at this time. But, uh, of course, you know, we did want to make sure we gave you a live show this week, a main show. And how could we not? There is so much to talk about so much incredible news coming out of New York Comic Con 2023. We had a phenomenal time. Hopefully, you guys had a great time following the news. I couldn't really like engage with it, but Discord was going off all week yeah. with the stuff Good. that was coming out. I was uh, getting alerts from Manny constantly. <laughs> yeah, Manny pulling, was active, pulling through, man. Yeah, uh, a lot of fun to follow that when I could. But look, let's be honest. Nothing beats being at New York Comic Con. Nothing beats feet to ground in the Javits Center when you see that big-ass sign that says, Welcome to New York Comic Con, the one and only. You know you're at the Mecca. That's how I felt. We're at home. Yeah. We made it. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Especially that, that big... When you enter in on, like, I guess the southernmost side of the building, um, and it's that big open air area. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Get the motor trucks right outside. Well, if they had, they usually have their, their installations and whatnot, but. <laughs> Matt. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just so, it's just so much fun. Uh, if you ever have the opportunity to go you really really should now i'm going to throw this out there i don't know if you guys agree best new york comic-con ever i think uh that we've done for the show yes yeah i still have a soft spot in my heart for special edition new york comic-con but if we're talking main comic-cons yeah this was this was pretty good even like the news was a plenty for for once Yeah. yeah there was actual buzz going around for news like the past couple cons, especially because we're, we're really more interested in the in the comic book news, um, it's just been like uh, that could have been an email, but like no, there there was some real energy around some of the announcements this year, mm-hmm. and and I I think also the people there felt that because I as we were talking to people uh, across the board, everyone was like, oh yeah, you know, coming off of SDCC was super hot, and now we're here, and a lot of that. Um, that feeling of comics focus and being comic centric was a lot more present and a lot of people responded well to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we told you guys there would be coverage. We promised coverage. We gave you coverage, uh, not just through our social media where we did post pictures and things like that. We did, uh, Tyler was doing this really fun thing, uh, asking, you know, various people, um, their four favorite comics, you want to talk a little bit about that, Tyler? Well, first, I want to just uh, because he would hate me. Uh, 
he's probably hate that I am going to shout him out for this, but uh, Matt did help come up with the idea. So uh, I will say, friend of the show, Matt Murphy, thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I pretty much went around and, and uh, asked creators what their four favorite comics were. And we have uh, Marco is out on the TikToks and the, in, in the shorts <laughs> the and stuff like that. Um, Wes one. Craig is out there as well. But we did a, I did a whole bunch of them. So you should see those cute little uh, quick peeks into maybe what inspired a lot of your favorite writers and artists. And uh, we got a lot of uh, sometimes similar answers. I, uh, I didn't expect to hear some of those. Some of the answers are surprising, yeah. Um, But let's just say uh, people like Frank Miller. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Big inspiration. Um, The other thing we – so we had the interviews also, uh, which went out. We did – I thought, you know, we did some really great coverage. It's not necessarily as voluminous as we've done, but I think we we focused in on key interviews for the most part. Um, So we nailed – I mean, we we did great, boys. We nailed Daniel Warren Johnson, which I think – this year, pause. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> that kind of podcast. Um, no, I'm just kidding. This year, we uh, we we got Daniel Warren Johnson, who I think is probably the biggest fish. Uh, outside, I guess Jeff Johns is technically yeah. the biggest fish this year. But but for us, we were trying to get Daniel Warren Johnson for right. a while yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And and by the way, shout out to Skybound on that huge assist. Yeah, uh, sure. all throughout uh, making that happen to the point, I will I'll say it to the point where people were a little bit jealous, huh? When we had oh, yes. when we had Yo, the, the one on one with Daniel Warren Johnson, little bit of jealousy there. So that was cool, but uh, just you know, a little fun, humble yeah. brag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got to get it in. Uh, so we also spoke to, uh, Wes Craig. We spoke to Philip Kennedy Johnson, uh, Chips Darsky, uh, and a lot more that are, that are still coming. Um, so stay tuned to the, uh, YouTube channel for that. And then also over on Patreon for completely free. Uh, you don't have to sub to us for any monetary value whatsoever. You get to read the blog that I put up every day after the event. Today's will come. I will still absolutely be doing that. Um, just been tight trying to make, make this happen after New York comic con. So, um, but yeah, I've had a blast doing that and I've got some positive feedback. Thank you to those who have read it Uh, again. If you want to read it, you can sign up. It's completely free. No harm, no foul. If you just want to take a look, you can absolutely do that on patreon.com slash the comics pals. So, um, let's, let's talk a little more about our experiences at the con. Um, so Thursday we get there and uh it was fun, you know. Um our Thursdays are are generally like saying hello to everybody that we know. Yeah. Um and I I I get a kick out of that, you know, it's, because it's, these it, are our friends. We just see them once a year. It's yeah. it's a lay of the land both in terms of socializing and also knowing where things are. <laughs> Um, because you cannot be – New York Comic Con is huge. You can't be looking at a map on your phone in crappy internet constantly. So yeah. so Thursday is just like, all right, where are we? Who Who's here? What are we doing? Yeah. Let me just set up a little base camp. So, yeah, this person at that end over here by the our, our main place, the Nuts. Like The Nuts, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, big fan. Of, shout out the Nuts. Shout out the, oh, the nuts. candy roasted peanuts. What would you call me? <laughs> we'll talk after the show, Marco. <laughs> um, 
Thursday, I don't know. The, everything kind of blends together after a while. But my biggest memory of the day, uh, which I go into more detail about in the um, in the blog, but my biggest memory of that day is meeting Rick Remender. That was Ooh, that, that was, was amazing. Thursday. That was that long ago. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that was definitely the first day. Yeah, and yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, I. That was he was my he was my big fish this year. He's my white whale in 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 history, really. If, if I if I could get him or Howard Stern, those are the big two. Okay, they know. Um, <laughs> but Bubba I got to Sorry, talk. I, <laughs> I got to talk to him, um, and that was really uh, really incredible experience for me. It was really emotional. Tyler was there with me, and he was busting my chops, huh, bro, <laughs> Marco. <laughs> I wish I was there. Imagine like imagine your favorite writer just busting your balls, man. <laughs> he was and Sean's getting... being like Sean's being like the most sincere, genuine. Like honestly, Sean, I thought you were gonna cry a little bit. You I were... thought I was gonna yeah. fucking cry, man. And Rick can tell and he he snapped on it. <laughs> Leaned right into it. Sean goes to to give him one of the comics pals cards and he's like, uh, no, I don't want that. I'm gonna throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> insane insane uh but that was really cool for me uh any particular things you guys want to shout out that uh we're not about to talk about um well because we've been trying to you know like talk to creators i, th- I think it being recognized was the weird thing <laughs> yeah um you know we went you know to talk to joshua williamson who we've never talked to before uh and he's like oh hey you guys i'm like oh what that's weird um <laughs> Uh, it's a little, and then like you know, I think Marco introduced uh, us to, like Tom Taylor. We said hello, and then we were at like an, right. an event on on uh, uh, Thursday night, and I bump into Tom Taylor in the bathroom, and he just says hello again to me. I'm like, what <laughs> in the bathroom? Uh, yeah, so that was weird. Oh, and then nice. like just seeing like listeners, you know, and and viewers of the show, you guys, you know, yeah. we saw Flo Flo Dameron, who's always you know a frequenter in the chat, you know, said hi yeah. to him, real chill dude. Um, and, you know, connecting with other comic book podcast people, you know, Comics Collective podcast, Comic Book Couples Counseling, Oblivion Bar, like those, it's a, it's a niche circle of people in terms of content creators, fans, and creators, and, like, when you meet them and they're really just, like, good people and the vibes are good, God, I gotta stop saying the vibes are good, um, I feel like such a dork, but, uh, when they are, it's, it's nice, you know, I gave out so many hell yeah brothers this weekend. It's like, <laughs> it's great, man. And I, I think to to that right, like it feels like we're um, we're coming up alongside, kind of like the the with that same sort of tide, um, which was really really nice and similarly unexpected. Um, man, I got to see Matt Kind. That's all I cared about. I didn't get a chance to interview him, but I got to talk to him. Super cool dude. Uh, and I had to catch, got to catch up with, uh, which I did, I did do an interview for Gavin Smith, which will be coming out. Um, that was awesome to see because I've, I've been following his career for a few years now, and now he's, you know, main artist on TMNT and TMNT, and it's awesome to see that progression. And and we got, we got a really good conversation out of that. I thought, good dude too. Oh, he's the best. He's awesome. Uh, so let's just hit a couple quick questions. Uh, Atomic Hound said, were there DC execs there? Marie Javins actually gave a uh, rousing speech at a uh, an industry event that we got to go to. Um, it was a it was a fantastic speech. I actually want to 
I want to chew on that a little bit if you guys want to yeah. want to talk about that. Yeah, I'll because, chew. Yeah, she um you know, for those of you who are who aren't aware, Marie Javins is the uh she's editor in chief right now, right? Correct, of, yeah. uh, DC. And I believe it was um, Javins. She was she made oh. sure to Javits, Javits, yeah, yeah. She made oh sure wow, to I say didn't it know up. that. Okay, yeah, I know. Javins. Yeah, I guess she gets it a lot because she mentioned it during the beginning of her speech. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, I was in the bathroom for yeah. that. Um, so she said some things that uh, that stuck with me. Um, she said that comics haven't been just for kids in decades, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was an interesting comment. It's certainly true. I think that uh, there are some that would argue that that's a bad thing. I think Alan Moore would certainly argue that, right? Um, Alan Moore thinks that people that adults that read comic books are uh, are living out their childhood fantasies and refuse to grow up, right? Um, and things like that. And obviously, <laughs> when comics were more catered towards children, certainly they did sell more. Um, but ultimately i agree with what she's saying and i i do think it's for the best like i i would not like it if comics were not for me but maybe yeah. that's selfish i don't know it's it's weird i i don't think it's selfish i think it, to her it, it it was a a change in expectation or like a change in uh, what you feel like would be uh the audience and i think there's still an expectation from people outside of who read weekly comics that uh it is for kids or that the medium hasn't evolved past where it might have where their their expectations might have them and um that's not true yeah uh the other thing she said i wanted to tackle was thriving within a culture at odds with itself in reference to the comic sphere and I think that that's really interesting because comics, the, the the community of comics really does feel at odds in a lot of ways. Um, and that's something that I don't think, it, it feels like a hidden fact. Like, we all know that, but news sites don't talk about it. Podcasts don't cover that. No one discusses the fact that there is this, like, tension within the comics industry uh, among the the different factions of of people, you got like the uh, the uh, the Gators, the comics Gators. Mm. Um, you have the people that only like big two books and think everything else is shit. You have the people that only like you know non big two books and think that big two is shit. You know, and and all these people are like really fervent about what they feel. It's really crazy. I'd argue that even extends to the publishing end of things. <laughs> Sure. You know, uh, we had a great conversation with Kyle Starks that we can't even surmise, uh, summarize in any way. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like the whole idea of, you know, there's this whole publishing, you know, they're publishing these books, but sometimes the, you know, Sean and I talked about like the, the, you know, Marvel or DC doesn't advertise stuff and it's put on the creators and how do the creators actually do it when it's not their creation? And it's like all of these hedge trying to on a hydra trying to communicate with each other and make the body move and somehow it lunges along uh but it's slow yeah and you're speaking to something that um one of the things that i got to attend was the icv2 retailer uh i guess conversation summit and one of those things that was mentioned was you know the the need to continue to build community 
around creators specifically as opposed to IP and to the companies is the more important part because ultimately whether or not they're at a Marvel, at a DC, at an image, at a boom, whatever it would be, those are the people that you're following because you're following, uh, you're curating to tastes. And those are the things that probably are going to help the longevity of the comics industry, not necessarily being like, cool, for sure, we're all in on Batman. Well, Batman by XYZ person should sort of be the mentality. And, and there's a, it was interesting to hear that from the retailer end, that there was an awareness of that. Uh, that that brings up something that I, w- I was thinking about while we were speaking, Tyler, we were speaking with uh, a creator, we don't need to say the name, and they talked about how... Um, you know, not manga so popular and uh, how, you know, you can just hand someone a manga and say, okay, like, this is where it starts. This is where it ends. And if you want to know what it's about, let me tell you. Um, comic books are just not that linear. Like, yeah. if you really love, let's say, um, Ultimate Spider-Man, right? You can absolutely read that from beginning to end with one singular consistent voice from the writing end and less than five in the history of the book on the artistic end, less than five artists. Right. Hmm. Um, So that's a total package. But if you love miles and want to continue past that, you can no longer read Brian Michael Bendis's version of the character, which might not resonate with you. Like maybe you really love miles, but it's only that version that you really love. Nobody else tells stories about Dragon Ball Z. You know what I'm saying? If you like Dragon Ball Z, it's because you specifically like Akira Toriyama. Because that's his baby, right? But with Spider-Man, it's any number of hundreds of creators over the history. How do you sell that? And You sell it through that creator. Like, it has to be somebody, and, and we talk about this all the time, on like, you know, if you want to maybe launch or relaunch a uh a character or you're starting a new number one like you need to get that top tier creator to set the ground to be the face of the book for maybe sure the first five issues six issues that first arc before handing it off because you need to build the the fervor around it but it's tied to the creator not towards spider-man like you'll have your baseline of people who are like for sure i'm all in on you know the new spider-man book but you'll mitigate the trickle off if you have somebody or a, a set of creators at launch to solidify that. Hmm. Tyler, you want to weigh in? No, sorry. I was just Googling something just uh, for the oh. future. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Um, so I want to talk about what is absolutely the biggest announcement to come out of this event. On Thursday, the world learned of a new publisher, a new publishing imprint entering the fray. And that publisher is Ghost Machine. Oh, shit. I went too ahead in the slides. I'm a bad moderator. <laughs> <laughs> so I am sure that you have all heard of this by now. Uh, you know, social's been blowing up. There have been tons of articles written about it. Uh, this is the biggest thing happening in comics. Jeff Johns has teamed up with some of the biggest names in the industry of comics uh, to jointly own and operate 
a publishing imprint called Ghost Machine under Image Comics, similar to like a Skybound sort of thing. Imprint kind of. Yeah. yeah, it's its own company, but publishing rights are through Image. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this is the roster as it is now, and it is going to expand. You got Jeff Johns, as we said, Brad Meltzer, Jason Fabak, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, Lamont McGee, uh, and Mytel Lamont McGee and Mytel Jute, I think is how you say her name. Correct. Though they're both uh, from television, so they're new to comics. Uh, but in addition to them, there's also Francis Manipal, uh, Peter Tomasi, Brad Anderson, Rob Lee. Incredible. Powerhouse. Powerhouse. And and uh, we, we got a chance to go to that panel, and they were pumped. I, I think they were uh, they were excited, and not because it was, you know, yes, it was this new publishing line, but they're excited for their characters. They're excited for the stories that they're going to tell. And that immediately connected, I think, with everybody in the room was, yeah, they not only did they plan this out, but, man, they're having a good time doing this. And I think that that translates to the excitement as a reader or as a prospective reader for these books. Geiger and Junkyard Joe, which Tristan in the chat mentioned, you know, they like some of those things and would recommend you continue to read them. Um, but yeah, like the stuff that's coming out looks cool. Yeah, and shout out to a friend of the show, Victor Dandridge, for running that, uh, for moderating that panel. Uh, very, very good panel. So we went, yeah, we energy. went, we went to a, the panel for uh, the Ghost Machine launch and. All the creators were there laying out the future of Ghost Machine, uh, the why of Ghost Machine. Um, and I think it was really insightful. Um, so what this is, is it's going to be essentially four different universes of stories um, that don't necessarily converge, but it is, you know, like four different houses of storytelling. So you have the... Geigerverse and everything in that, including Junkyard Joe, Red the, Code, etc. The unnamed, I think, is the official. The unnamed. Uh, you have the uh, Rook Exodus universe, which I actually have behind me. If you're watching us, uh, I've got behind me the poster for Rook Exodus that they were giving away at the booth, the Ghost Machine booth, and it's signed by all the creators that I mentioned, except Brad Meltzer, unfortunately. But yeah, um, I'm very happy to have that. It's a super cool poster. You got to see the, the the character designs for Rook Exodus. They look amazing. Faybach is amazing, awesome yeah. work. Well, I uh, talked to Faybach about it, and he was just like, "Man, I'm excited just to draw animals." You know, <laughs> we, we, at the Ghost Machine booth, like the, the all the creators were like really accessible too. Like they had signings throughout the weekend. You know, there was yeah. some real excitement to the whole the whole thing. And these uh, Rook Exodus things are awesome you know they talked about it being a post-apocalyptic world where everyone has a special helmet that's themed to an animal which then lets them control said animal um toyetic is the first word that comes to mind uh these things are going to be awesome if they ever you know try to make them into like a toy or something but yeah rook exodus looks cool i'm a big Faybach fan so yeah by the way uh let's get the likes up what are we doing you guys want a draft or what? Yeah. Yes, we're doing the show at a weird hour. We're absolutely <laughs> doing a draft. Let's so let's go. get the likes up. There's a whole boatload of you watching us now. Let's get to 25 and then see what happens later. 
Uh, hit that like button. Leave us a review on your podcast hosting platform of choice, wherever that might be. A five-star review if we're talking Apple Podcasts, whatever the equivalent is, wherever else. You guys know how to support. Uh, so in addition to Rook Exodus, the unnamed verse, Geiger verse, there's also the horror uh, verse, which we really don't know too much about quite yet. Do we know the name um, of the universe yet? It was it was X'd out, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. think yeah. they announced mm-hmm. the name of that. Um, but there is going to be a, a horror uh, aspect to this. And then there's also going to be like the family section, mm-hmm. um, which is spearheaded by the Rocketfellers, which is going to be by uh, Pete Tomasi and uh, Francis Manipal. That looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's like a family that is uh, under like house arrest. They're um, they not house arrest, but uh, what's the word? Oh, witness protection. Witness protection in the past. So they're from the future. They've been put in witness protection in the past, and so they're not allowed to do the things that they know that they can do um, because it would expose them to everyone. So it's a pretty interesting concept. Um, And quite frankly, everything that's been announced sounds really interesting. Um, One of the things they highlight was creator-owned, creator-first, and character. Character was a huge theme of the panel. They talked at length about why it was important to them to not only bring back a focus on characters, but a focus on genre as well. Uh, They talked about how genre was something that was lost to the industry and how a lot of books now that are non-big too, they launch with concepts and plot is what is talked about. But character is not at the forefront of the importance of these books. I thought that was interesting, the the genre piece in particular, because it, it's it's something that I feel like I've experienced a lot as, especially as a, a new reader to superhero stuff. Um, when I first started, was like, yeah, this is this stuff's cool, but it's it's sort of all encompassing. And you know, as much as that is Western comics to whatever degree, I think looking towards adding to the diversity of content there and diversity of stories and the different kind of narratives and theming that it just makes sense it it it, it provides iteration and frankly you know I've, I've been looking for like a a western or something for years but where do you get that if not a jonah hex which is a superhero book with a flavor of western you know like like those those are the kind of things that this will more than likely address and, and tomasi talked about you know like he mentioned like you used to be able to go to like newsstands and just pick whatever genre, you know, like you said, uh, Marco, like Westerns or horror or whatever like that. And, and even by the books already that, that have been announced, it's evident that it's kind of going that way. You know, you have the Rockefellers, which is, you know, like a family. Uh, one of the covers they showed at the panel, but that I couldn't find online was an homage to Little Miss Sunshine's movie poster. Um, so like that family drama uh, dynamic in a book there. Then you have the horror line, which they're talking about. You have a sci-fi book with, you know, Rook Exodus and, you know, Geiger's post-apocalyptic action sort of thing. And Junkie R. Joe is, you know, a post-war book. Yeah. Um, the, the genre's already there in this, um, I guess, proto-version of Ghost Machine. Because this is all the stuff that is kind of like, we've already read Junkie R. Joe. We've already read uh, uh, Geiger. 
So it's already been built and seeded for what to come for the rest of the stuff. I I think that they're right in the sense that when I think about like if we talk about nice house on the lake, right? I challenge either one of you to tell me the name of one of the characters in that book outside of the alien dude, who I call. Oh, I was going to say Walter because I recognize that name. Alvarez Martinez Bueno. <laughs> that is that is a good name for creating. I agree. <laughs> I've I've been saying it for a while. There are a lot of really great books on the stands. Um, that like it's endless. Almost every book is like pretty good. What makes it stand out anymore? I fall off with books all the time. Like Undiscovered Country, I love that book. I started it. I thought it was fantastic. I read like 10 issues. I think it, it like paused for a second. Never went back to it. And the character you can name from that is Uncle Sam because that's a character. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but if you if you have heard of Geiger, the comic book, you know that you know who the character is. You can't not know because it's in the name. You know, it's the book is about him. The book is about his journey. The book has the it, him in the title, just like Batman. And and they they mentioned that, um, not necessarily like the, oh, in comparison to, but you know, the names are right there. Geiger, uh, you have Redcoat, like all of that exists. Whereas, let's say you have, uh, what was one of the, like like something that's in the children. It's not in the title, right? So like who the individuals you have to remember apart from the title that causes a bit of extra steps in order to remember things. Um, but sometimes it's not about the characters. It's the premise to your earlier point. But I think what they're saying is that it's always about the premise. Now. Right. Right. And it's like, you know, I, I love the fact that the writers are trying to get their ideas over and absolutely do that. Um, but I think if you want to have staying power, you know, telling stories about characters that we can connect with mm. is important. And, it, and I also think the, the books within Ghost Machine are, you know, we, we might have, you know, mentioned that maybe one of the issues with superhero comics is that you don't get a continuous uh, one vision story. But uh, I think it was Brad Meltzer. He talked about how, you know, he wants these characters to continue beyond this creative team. Like if Brad Meltzer creates a character, he wants it to be able to outlast him. And have other people write that character down the line. You know, uh, I think the closest, uh, I guess, thing I could think of that was that similar to this ghost machine is the original image uh, uh, yeah. launch, which is what they mentioned at the panel. You know, those, you know, you had Spawn. Spawn is continuing sort of past McFarlane, but it's grown out. It's, it's grown away from McFarlane. Maybe not the, maybe not the main Spawn title. Uh, McFarlane's still, you know putting in his uh his his Vince McMahon notes there um but yeah there there is a want to kind of have these characters outlast their their creators in a way yeah and, and it's interesting compared to manga where you mentioned it earlier Tyler it's you know a singular creator it's a singular vision and you don't expand beyond that but the fact that they want to lay these out for that opportunity is novel the Ghost Machine itself is uh, a novel concept and how they're organizing, but the fact that they want to do this and then allow somebody to play in that sandbox is going to be really unique. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Aaron Ruiz says, glad to see the creators excited about it. Nice that there seems to be a plan on it and their goals are set. Yes, 
Exactly. The messaging is clear. Okay. Look at, listen, I love distillery. Distillery is great. A lot of great creators over there who are friends of ours, people we like a lot. All right. But look at the messaging. Distillery's messaging was, hey, guys, we have creators that you like, right? They're going to write stories that you have no idea anything about. We're going to tell you the premise, but I'm sure you don't remember it anymore. And we're going to sell you on a digital marketplace that smells like NFT, even if it's not. And the whole thing feels very corporate, right? Like just because it's not Spider-Man or Batman doesn't mean it's not corporate comics. Hmm. So I'm not saying that those people don't have the best intentions. I'm just saying that it smells like things we already have with a different packaging. Whereas Ghost Machine feels like something that we don't really have. Because Image is not what it was. Image isn't just Spawn anymore or those characters. It's expanded beyond that. Ghost Machine feels like what the Image founders did way back when. And this is something that creators should do. One of our biggest criticisms of the distillery announcement, at least one of mine, was you guys should do this. I said exactly that. Don't You don't need the comiXology people to be the people that are on front street. You don't need them to be the people that are giving you the money. You don't need to seek outside funding. Do it yourselves. Bet on you. They didn't do that. Ghost Machines doing that. Yeah. A good lesson learned. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, we know we're getting a lot of stuff. Uh, I think I think uh, April is when the kind of the big thing kicks off. That's when we're gonna get the Ghost Machine uh, one shot, I believe. Um, we are getting the, the Geiger Ground Zero in November. Um, Ghost Machine number one drops in January, actually. January, and that's yeah. where we're going to get um, a look at the, the you know, these different shared universes. Um, we're also going to see First Ghost, which is by Brad Meltzer, and that's going to be a ghost that haunts the White House. Mm. Um, so that's kind of interesting. That sounds um, real to me, honestly. That sounds like an actual thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it probably is. I'm all in. It's going to be a lot of fun. 100%. Yeah, Can't I'm wait. excited for this. It's, uh, the, the enthusiasm was palpable in there. Yeah. And and, and, I, and I think one of the, like, especially this past summer with the SAG strikes still ongoing and, and the uh, WGA strikes, like having creators actually have a company where they don't have a boss to actually talk to uh, is nice. You know, the if boss. they want to do something, they can do it. You know, if they want our character, their character to maybe do something that's maybe a little more outside of the box, they don't have anyone to talk to besides themselves, really. Um, so it's a lot more collaborative, which is it's nice to see. Hmm. Um, uh, Amen Perez in the chat says, is Spawn still relevant, though? No disrespect. The answer is, yeah, very, very like, much so. <laughs> Like, there's a there's a there's a part of comics that's not necessarily as online or not necessarily as vocal, but Spawn is still super relevant. I mean, um, uh, McFarland did a million dollar Kickstarter in 2020 with Spawn, 2020 2021, whatever that was, with Spawn. You know, 
Image has expanded the Spawn verse because of the popularity. Spawn Universe number one sold a bajillion copies. Um, so you know, even though Spawn's not in the conversation, he's very, very relevant. Yeah, continues to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and sometimes it can be a little echo chambery with you know the comics, you know, fandom, like just because you know we may not be the hottest on it here. Uh, that stuff is still a, a money pusher. And I love Spawn. We just don't get to review it, but I yeah, love Spawn. Yeah. Whose idea was that? <laughs> uh, Tom Account says, don't you think keeping a regular schedule is essential? Lessons learned from the 90s. That sunk books almost from the start. Yes, it definitely is. And I think having the backing of Image, which is a machine unto itself, means that we're not going to see those kind of problems because Image is a, a superior company to the one that it was in the 90s, certainly, because it's not just run by a bunch of dudes who want to tell cool stories. Um, and so because they do have that, but they have their autonomy, I think we will get a company that will, you know, push books out at a regular cadence um, and, and you know, be successful on that level. And in the panel, Jeff mentioned, you know, like, uh, this is a priority. Like, he even apologized. He's like, yeah, that's why J uh, JSA is a little, <laughs> a little delayed <laughs> because this is the priority. It's not yeah. just a society. Um, and, and you go ahead, Marco. Sorry. I, and one of the things in that the same panel that all of them, the writers and artists included, um, there was all, you know, sort of Jeff coming together with, with the ideas and saying, what, what if we did this thing? You know, what if, what if we decided to, uh, to join forces and, and, how does it, how do we best put our, our best foot forward there? And what are the structures needed in place? And it all just started because he's like, we could do something different here. We have the opportunity. Let us take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, Marowak Oscuro asks, will they be miniseries or regular? The indication seems to be that these are ongoing. Primarily. We did get the confirmation, and this popped Sean that once Geiger comes back with a new number one, that is an ongoing book going forward. So yeah. super, super exciting to me. I love Geiger. Um, and, and I'd like to say like, you know, we did get to uh, meet Jeff Johns. You know, we've done, you guys know, we've done a couple of interviews with him. Um, we did get to meet him in person and that was pretty cool. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff with that, that we absolutely cannot talk about all good, all positive. Um, but what's so cool for me, and I'm sure you guys would say the same, is that before all that shit started happening, we were already fans. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got on this podcast and we reviewed J J Geiger, and I loved it. I think that was even before I was on the show, right? When the guy was before out? you yeah. were here. Yeah. Oh wow, was that that long ago? Yeah. And I read it. You know, if I, if I was reading a book before, I had to read a book. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's I enjoyed it. And same with Junkyard Joe, man. Like that, that was frankly phenomenal. Young Junkyard Yo, yeah. <laughs> like, what? I was gonna say I, I gotta tell uh, you know Jeff to put out that merch, Junkyard Junkyard Yo, Junkyard Yo. So for the hood, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So love the 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 Ghost Machine stuff. We'll definitely be reviewing this stuff when it starts to drop. Um. Again, the Geiger Ground Zero stuff starts in November, so we'll be in uh, on the ground floor on that. Hmm. Ghost Machine number one, January. Yeah. Um. So, 
that's where we're going to leave it for our like reflections on the event. If you want to read more, we'll we'll talk more about the event, but we're going to like move on from this particular piece. Uh, but if you want to read more about my perspective on our experience, you can do that at patreon.com slash the comics pals uh, for absolutely free. It is a four part blog that I have done uh, for you guys. Again, totally free. Just wanted to let you guys in on what our experience was. And I talked about things that we didn't even get to here. So you can check that out. Also on our Patreon page, of course, if you want to subscribe and support, we absolutely appreciate that. We have gone hard for you. We went hard for you this weekend. Pause again, Sean. <laughs> I don't, Tyler. I, I mean, what's the big deal, man? I'm rapping to the people. Comics Palace late night. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we we went hard for you this summer or this weekend. Yeah, this summer. <laughs> that that um, is very true. <laughs> yeah, that too. And, uh, you know, we do that every single week, quite frankly, because, yeah, we've got an exclusive show palling around that you've probably never heard uh we do weekly blogs newsletters um that are you know available and and everybody's favorite you can get a nickname and a shout out on this very show so with that i would love to say thank you a special shout out to the best pals in the universe thunderstruck rebecca alejandro and the hound of justice atomic hound and of course, thank you to the Night Stalker, Harris Dijinsky. Great to see you, bud, at Comic-Con. He Night Brian Stalked Demo- us. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Demolisher, Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Starcross Catherine Stars, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer, Neon Knight Cosmic Avenger, Marvelous Mike and McKenzie, and Marley Manastorm. I missed the episode where she uh, got her superhero nickname. But welcome. She responded. She was a fan. Oh, really oh cool. did she? Okay, cool. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't see it. I must, yeah, I must yeah. have missed it. That's cool. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, watch this show live at its regular time, Saturday at at ten fifteen a.m. Eastern. Thursdays at six p.m. Eastern for pals polls. Vote in the listener pick poll uh, over on YouTube.com/slash The Comics Pals, which is also where you would watch the show. Um, hit the community tab to see the listener pick poll and uh, cast your vote. If you want to watch our interviews from New York Comic Con, by the way, they're rolling out. We've already got a few up there, but they'll be rolling out throughout the week until we've got no more. Uh, so just keep looking at that or look at our social there as well. Join us on Discord. We're always having a fun conversation over there. Like we said earlier, it was popping off. Uh, this weekend due to Comic-Con, everybody keeping up with the news is always a lot of fun. And last thing I'll plug before we move forward is our next book club with New York Comic-Con behind us. That is what we are now focused on. Uh, our first live book club in the history of the show will be on Monday, October 30th. And we will be talking about Batman the Long Halloween. Can't wait for that spooky the day before halloween too so yeah you can listen to it on halloween extra spooky we'll all be in costume you better be we did not talk about it beforehand 
<laughs> I will just, not be in costume. <laughs> just making statements. Shit, I'm in costume right now as the world's biggest Jean Grey fan. Can you see this shit? <laughs> you know, at Comic-Con, Sean's like, man, I want to take a picture with a Jean Grey. And not enough this year. Dude, but you know what happened while I was in line with my girlfriend to get something? Uh, I saw a Jean Grey and a Cyclops. And um, I was like, oh, I'm not going to talk to them because I was with my girlfriend. And then the Jean Grey actually pointed me out and said, hey, sir. And I turned around and she was like, oh, you have great taste. And I was like, yes, thank you. And you, you slowly looked like the Animorph uh, book cover into Wolverine. Is what <laughs> <laughs> I grew a second dick. That's what happened. <laughs> that is never. It is late night. Jeez, Sean. Yeah. Uh, I, I will not be in, in costume, Catherine. That is one thing I cannot do. Uh, Amen Perez in the chat says, is the live book club a one time thing? No, it is not. That is the new format for the book club going forward um and we will keep you guys up to date on what the books will be the way you get to vote for which book because we don't choose it's you guys that choose that's another patreon perk so um we appreciate everybody that joins us over there and we need more voters so uh yeah hang out with us on that end aaron ruiz says main thing from nycc a tyler plus chip podcast episode may slap thank you guys for the coverage and interviews you're very welcome Man, I would totally love to do a Howard the Duck retrospective. Oh. History of the Duck. Yeah. The untold story of the duck. Oh, <laughs> would love it. Would kill for it. So before we get into all of the huge announcements and talking about everything that uh everything else that came out of NYCC, we do have a little countdown that we are in the middle of. Yes. I am talking about our top five Batman comics. Now, I am up to number three. I'm going to be giving my third. We all should be. But Tyler, you got to give your five and four. I'm ready now. I prepped. Okay. And Marco, you are, you're on your third. I'm on my fourth. So four and three. Yeah. Okay. So, so okay. That actually Tyler, out. you start us. You do your five and four. All right. And then Marco, you'll give your four and then we'll. Cool. Work. So much like Batman, I need prep time, but. Uh, I, I got it. I got it. So number five, uh, kind of a surprising one, honestly. Um, as I was looking through like a list of some good Batman stories, uh, one that jumped out to me, and it, it's probably the most recent on my list. It, it definitely is the most recent. Is uh, Batman Universe by Brian Michael Bendis and Nick Darrington. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the Walmart Batman story that uh, essentially had Batman traveling throughout space and time with uh, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Uh, I think Jonah Hex was a story as well in that, uh, but it was all drawn beautifully by by Nick Darrington. Um, and this being, you know, in a time where the you know Batman is you know doing normal Batman stuff, where it's a little little uh, quote unquote grim dark, where he, you know everything's in gloomy Gotham. Uh, Darrington just drew a happy Batman. It felt more like Batman Brave and the Bold, which is m- one of my favorite comic books of all time, or, or, or comic book cartoons of all time. Uh, and then my number four is Batman R.I.P. by Grant Morrison. And, and Tony Daniel, I believe, was the main artist on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. With some, uh, uh, was Alex Ross covers as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful. That's what got me into Batman as a monthly comic. Um, blew my mind. Great stuff. Can I just uh, intervene to say, chat, if you guys are following along with us, if and listeners, regardless of if you're in the chat or not, if you're following along with us, I want to see your top five. 
I'd love it if everybody every week sends their next pick to us. And let's do this whole thing together. It's so much fun. On our Discord server, people have been sharing theirs as well. And I'm loving that. I feel like this is inspiring people to, to, to take a look back at some of their favorite Batman books. So let's keep that whole thing going. Marco, uh, how about your, your fourth, man? So my fourth is uh, Year One. It's a solid book. Um, and when I... <laughs> <laughs> Batman Year One, solid book. <laughs> it's good. I, I I think when I had read it, I there was a lot of hype around it. I had read it earlier in my, I guess, comics reading career where I was, you know, you get all the big titles and the big names because you're trying to just expose yourself to the characters in the world. And it got hyped up. And I saw the, I might have seen the movie first, the, the animated movie, uh, and then gone back to read it. And it was, it was good, but I think I had a, a bigger expectation and that might've colored my opinion of it. And anytime I've gone back to it, it's only ever just been that it, it hasn't ever, like I haven't gotten anything more out of it since maybe my second or third reading. Well, can I interject real quick? Yeah. For a top five, that's the most, uh, negative. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out Marco's only read five Batman stories. <laughs> There's just there are other things that are I think in ba- of Batman that are more emblematic of the character. So then, why the hell is this in your top? Because <laughs> it's in it's number four. There are, there are three other books that I think do a better job. Number five, it's okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, number four, I've read better. <laughs> John, can you do a whole episode on that voice? I like that. Yes, I can. Sound like <laughs> yes, Tom Likas. <laughs> you know what oh, I'm talking man. about. <laughs> and, and and frankly my pick three go for it this is a long halloween a lot of fun great art um and that one i i always have fun with it's a and, and we're gonna be doing it for the book club so it's perfect i am on, on bated breath to eventually find out what your top two are <laughs> they're pretty you know are they good? Do you know the direction of a top ten, like a top five list? Well, I, I don't think you just, I don't I think, think you like Batman, Marco. Said, I don't think they're good. <laughs> no, I said they're good. I said they're good. Oh, they're good. They're Marco just went, good. Marco went in ascending instead of descending. Oh my yeah, this, god! The search filter's all messed up. Oh my god! Watch his man. number one. Number one, all star Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow. I will say, Dark Knight Strikes Back was in the running. I do enjoy that book. That's a tough one. Oh, my God. Yeah, see, and Aaron Ruiz is absolutely right. If he has Hush over year one, oof. I know it. <laughs> I fucking know it. Face. I know it. Look at that face. That's the face of a man who was called out. <laughs> Yo, shut up. Don't put me on blast like that. His, now I gotta his, think of a whole other thing just so I don't damage my fucking reputation out here. Jeez. With this straw hat, looking like a oh. One Piece character from Cuba. <laughs> Mugiwara Marco. Tyler, why don't you give us your third? My third is The Dark Knight Returns. What? Solid book. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's it's. Uh, the, I mean, it's the definitive uh, re. 
uh, uh, telling of, of Batman and kind of solidified not only Batman comics going forward, but comic books in general going forward. Um, it is it is a a, a, a nexus event to put it into MCU terms for comic books. And I love the I love the the mutants the mutant gangs and they're mm, very yeah. prominent nips. I don't know why that was a a point that that Miller needed to stress, but I don't know why that was a point you needed to stress <laughs> right now. Comics pals, late night, baby. Because <laughs> you're a pointy. By the way, I I see you guys. I see all you people watching. Let's hit that like button. You know the routine. We have a draft to do. It's a fun one, and I guarantee this right now. This is what I guarantee. I guarantee that this is a draft that is going to have the chat struggling to come up with even four today. I guarantee you, and I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't want you to go and look it up so that you can up up, up show me. Wait until we get to that, and I guarantee you, you're going to be fucking lost. I'm I'm already struggling on that one, and I have <laughs> I have prepped it. <laughs> Listen, I don't even know if I have four, but we'll get to that. Oh, thank God, we'll it's only four. Jesus. Um, Sean, maybe it'll three. be five. I don't know. What's no. your number three? Sorry, Sean? your number three. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My number three is my number three is a book that's okay, just okay. Uh, Batman Year One. <laughs> hey, whoa, hold on. Hey, whoa, whoa. It's only one off of mine. No, 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 no. But what was funny about yours wasn't where it ranked. It was yeah. how you talked about it based <laughs> yeah. on where it ranked. It's like, what are your favorite foods? I don't know. This one tastes like crap, but <laughs> <laughs> but bananas. Oh man, uh, yeah. So year one is probably one of the first Batman books that I ever read, um, and I actually didn't like it that much when I first read it. But the longer that I've been a comic book fan, and the more times that I've gone back to it, the more I see the brilliance mm. um, and what was being executed so well. Um, becomes clearer to me the more I understand the medium. So to me, this is a definitive, not just a definitive Batman story, but a definitive comic book story that you can honestly hand to any Batman fan at any time, and they're probably going to love it. Um, it's that damn good. So Tyler, did I upstage Marco on that or what? I mean, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of mid. <laughs> Oh my god. All right. Let's see what the chat. Let's see where you guys are at. Where are we at? Atomic Hound says uh number three is the uh Dark Knight Returns. Okay. Okay. Um Amen, I, Amen Perez. So go ahead. I was gonna say, do you do you still read DKR as Dark Knight Rises? Yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I do. Too. I always have to like mentally correct. Yeah, that. yeah. I I I I held, I heard your pause and I was like, oh. He's doing the same thing I do. Yeah. 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 Uh, Amon Perez said Batman Ego is number three. That's cool. I haven't read Ego. That's one I got to get to. Um, <laughs> Year two must be your number two then, right, Sean? Uh, yeah. No, actually, that's my number one. My number one is my least favorite Batman book. That's the, the old Marco one. method, I see. Yeah, the, the Marco method. <laughs> don't be, don't be crapping my style like that. All right. Well then, uh, let's shift gears from the Batman to the Superman. DC had some big announcements to make about Superman at 
New York Comic Con 2023. Uh, the primary one being that we are entering the age of the Superman superstars. Uh, what the hell does that mean, you ask? Yes. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, trust me, I think we're all asking. Yes, that. I do. I did yeah. not keep up to date on news. So, okay. Well, um, uh, so what's happening is Action Comics is going to be, you know, in this uh, Superman Superstar storyline where we're going to see Jason Aaron, who is the most recent uh, major signee from DC, uh, taking over and sharing writing duties with Joshua Williamson. Oh. Yep, so they're going to split arcs. Uh, Jason Aaron is going to be working with John Timms, first up on a three-issue story called I, Bizarro, which is going to run in uh, Action Comics 1061 to 1063. Um, Jason Aaron said, The amazing John Timms and I are doing our very best to give readers a Superman tale full of action and surprises, the most bizarro of all the bizarro stories, and what Bizarro himself would call the worst Bizarro story ever told. That's good. Which, of course, you know, if you know Bizarro speak, that means the one of the best, oh, the best Bizarro story ever told. I, um, I, I love that character. And the fact that this is the opening is a good way, to, I feel like, maybe to decompress, especially um, coming off of the 1060. Um, whatever, however, that sort of will yeah. wrap up and and do. I think it's it's always it's always a good idea to have a a small beat and allow the writer to acclimate and the readers to acclimate to the uh, to said writer. And then uh, in April, we're going to see Joshua Williamson and Rafa Sandoval team up to tell the story of Brainiac. They're bringing Brainiac back, where they've been teasing. Brainiac's been teased for a while now. Um, and now they're they're finally going to bring him back, and that's going to be it's going to be like a crossover between Williamson's story in Action Comics and his story in Superman, which he will still be writing in this new era. What this also means is that Philip Kennedy Johnson is off Action Comics. Flub. That's a misstep, in my opinion. Uh, if you want to know why Marco thinks it's a misstep and why we enjoy Philip Kennedy Johnson, check out our New York Comic Con interview that Sean did. <laughs> plug, plug. Good stuff. It's crazy because in that interview, I tell him yeah. that he is the reason I'm a Superman fan. I've said it for years on this podcast. Can't connect to Superman. Don't get it. Don't understand why everybody loves him so much. Um, now I do, and it's because of what PKJ has done. The literal next day from when we did that interview is when this announcement came out. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, and especially considering what he's done with the character. And similarly, you know, I, I think when he started his War World stuff, I didn't expect things. I didn't expect to be like, oh, let me check it out. I like Philip Kennedy Johnson enough. You know, he did some cool stuff with uh, Last Gods. He did the, at that time, I think he was finishing up that first or second arc on Alien. Like, you know what? I like this guy. Let's see what he can say. And shit, he had good stuff to say. And with him off, I, realistically, this is this is enough to be like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to pick it up. 
because I came for Philip Kennedy Johnson. So, so question, Sean. Um, since this is action comics, it will be bouncing back and forth between Aaron and Williamson. Mm-hmm. Williamson's writing Superman currently, isn't he? Yep. So he's doing double duty now for Superman. Yep. His hey. his Brainiac story is going to cross. They're going to it's going to be a cross. Got it. Between. Okay. That's yeah. okay. That makes more sense. I don't know why they couldn't just have one person do Superman, one person do action comics. Pardon me for making sense, but <laughs> probably because Jason Aaron is going to also be. He's got a Batman book that he's going to be doing. Uh, off World, Batman Off World, I believe it's called. Um, and so they and there are probably other projects that they want him on. So I'm assuming that it's because they both have have busy schedules. I mean, I gotta say, Jason Aaron's needed a um, a change of scenery in terms of his his, his comics for a while now. So um, him at DC is interesting to me. Am I excited? Not sure yet, but it's definitely interesting. Uh, can I ask why you wouldn't be as enthused as maybe like another writer? I Avengers, I think, is the reason. I think it's one of those things where he might have been too long in the tooth that Marvel and Avengers that once he left, it was more of like a, a whimper, you know, mm. um, the heat's already gone for me at this point. And he's not really doing much creator owned. He's doing the, uh, end of the world or something like that. Um, so there's not much heat there to be like, Oh, look at, look at this it's exclusive. We got this real hot writer. It's more like this used to be hot writer is now, at DC. I think it's a big deal that Jason Aaron's back at, at DC. That's a big deal. Aaron was a Marvel guy. He was one of the Marvel guys. So it's still big. But it is, for me, it's a, oh, let's see, sort of thing. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I This is not what I want. You know, I thought Williamson's Superman proper book was, was solid. Um, but I I liked having both flavors. And now it feels like I'm losing one flavor outright and I'm getting one that I still like, but then one that I'm not so sure about. Um, it doesn't feel like a level up um, for me because I've been loving what PKJ has been doing so much. But of course, we'll probably give Aaron's run a shot and maybe it'll be good. Who knows? Yeah, hopeful regardless. And could free yeah. PKJ up for something else that could be unexpected. So, I mean, his, his Hulk stuff, right? You keep trucking along on those things. Like, yeah. It was more. We definitely know that Philip Kennedy Johnson is not done with Superman. He said as much in his um, in his like farewell announcement. He's just done writing these titles, so I'm assuming that whatever they're going to announce next with him will involve Superman. My thought is Justice League. I'm with Ooh. that. I'm with. If that. that's yeah, if that's the case, I'm in. That's a great. That's an upgrade. It, one of the strengths I think he's had is that he writes a good ensemble. Yeah, uh, War World was not. It was essentially a Justice League book, <laughs> um, just with Superman being the only real Justice League member. It was it was his authority, but it was a team book, is what it was. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm I like that idea. Sniff what you're stepping. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tyler, I don't know if I skipped this, but uh, or if I included a slide for it, but I want to talk about it. Uh, Keith Giffen. Keith Giffen, um, unfortunately, passed away. Um, we actually lost him on Wednesday, so like 
Comic-Con Eve, if you will. We lost an absolute legend. Um, and it's, I mean, it's not funny that he died. It's horrible that he died. Um, <clears throat> but he he went out his own way. Uh, he he passed at 70, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but yeah, uh, a tweet came out. I think it was a tweet. Uh, a Facebook, or rather, a Facebook, Facebook page yeah. or Facebook post came out. Um, that said, quote, I told them I was sick. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Thanks, Keith Giffen, 1952 to 2023. Wah, ha, 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 ha. What a guy. What a guy. Yeah. Marie Jabins even, you know, in her talk at the the industry um, panel the day afterwards, you know, mentioned Keith and, you know, talked about him a bit. So... Um, everyone only had good things to say about him. Um, probably one of the most well-known creators out there. I mean, like his Justice League International, it it, it probably influenced a majority of the creators we have currently. It was such a a, a revolutionary thing for a superior book to do at the time. Um, yeah, it was Lobo as well. Rocket. Yeah, help make Rocket Raccoon, yeah. Real, real influential. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Keith passing at 70 is like, you know, realistically, like he probably could have done even more if he was still creatively inclined, which I think when you have a mind like that, it never stops working. Yeah. Um, but everybody who talked about him... Um, Everybody who talked about him said that uh, he was a smart guy, incredibly smart, uh, incredibly creatively inclined. Everyone said, like, you know, when he would when you would speak with him and his mouth would open, it was like a fountain of creativity opening up for you. Um, He had deals of ideas and ways to sell comics and things like that. Um. I think I heard a story where he said something something to the effect of uh I think I think a, a relaunch was happening and he made the ending so hot so that people would have to pick up the next so that people would want to jump onto the relaunch uh just things like that just really really forward thinking um and uh you know he's one of the creators who we owe the industry to and even like his art style man this dude was versatile you know, he could switch styles for whatever book he was on. And he would write too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, yeah. Double, double duty. Like, like you don't, I think you don't find those kinds of creators very often. And so to lose one with that versatility is a shame. With, and 70, man, that's still young, dude. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the sad part about it. But I, I appreciate a person who lives life on their own terms, and it seems like he did that. Um, so thank you, Keith. Thank you for all your contributions to the industry. Um, and uh, I think the industry still being here and so many people being inspired by you is a testament to quality of your character and your work. So thank you. Now, DC made another major announcement this uh, weekend, which was that they're they're also relaunching something. Marvel's got 
the Ultimate Universe that they're relaunching. DC is relaunching the Elseworlds line in 2024. Let's go. Let's go, yeah? You're excited? Uh, yeah. I, I like when you get a story that's outside of continuity or in its own sort of world. It it allows... I've always thought that it should be something taken advantage of from a publisher. You know, Give somebody who maybe has a really hot idea, let them tell their story without it affecting main continuity. You can kind of have your cake and eat it too. And we, we've had conversations in the past about how maybe sometimes that backfires. But for it to be a place for creative play, I think is advantageous. Do you have a favorite Elseworlds story? Um, uh, there's some Asriel stuff that's interesting. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and that that was that was always fun. Um, some older '90s stuff that is pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, like they have like it's not Elseworlds in the terms of the the, the label of it all, but sure. like Dark Knights of Steel would have been an Elseworlds book, you know? <laughs> DC versus Vampires would have been an Elseworlds book. So it kind of just seems like a natural direction for them to take you know to just bring it back proper you know yeah of course what way to bring it back with more batman but whatever so we learned about um we learned about dark knights of steel all winter which is a deathstroke uh centric miniseries um we learned about (laughs) it's deathstroke Mm -hmm. as kratos essentially (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I wish I talked to Tom about this, man. I wanted to dig into this so bad because he, because he's not, he's not writing it, or or and Yasmin's not the one drawing it, so it's in their their sandbox, but other people are playing with it. Are they? They're not working on this. Not from what I had initially read. Um, I thought it was a totally yeah. It's, creative it's team. written by Jay Kristoff yeah. and art by Tirso Khans. Uh, new to DC for both of them. Yeah, so, which is why, which was, like, to your point, Tyler, like, this would have been that Elseworlds book, um, but then they're not going with that same creative team, which is, uh, I I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't mind making it, like, the Dark Knights of Steel world its own thing and let people play in that sandbox, you know? Mm. It's a rich enough world. Yeah, potential. We're also getting uh, DC versus Vampires, World War V, uh, Green Lantern Dark, which for those of you who've been listening to the show for a while and remember the 5G files, please tell me that your alarm bells weren't going off. This is <laughs> yeah. this is literally what um, my man, uh, uh, not Video. Lemire. So, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what would you say? Not Didio. Um, shoot, I can't remember his name. I, was it not Lemire? I think it was Lemire. It was Lemire. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Lemire um, was spilling tea on on five G. <laughs> yeah. This is what Lemire was it was working on. Was a, a a Green Lantern dark book that would sort of feature the uh, the tangent version of Green Lantern. So I'm I'm happy that this is kind of happening. But mostly just because it's something that you know I know from the five G files, but I wish it was Lemire doing it. Yeah, this one's by Tate Bromble, Bromble who is working on that. Uh, Christopher. Um, Christopher Chaos. Christopher yeah. Chaos. Yeah, with Werther yeah. Deladera on art. Who is a, a uh, uh, an artist that works with James Tinian? Sure. Yeah. 
Tanian um, he keeps his people fed. <laughs> yep, I love yep. that. Mm-hmm. He came from the school of Sn- Scott Snyder, who does the same thing. Uh, Gotham by Gaslight, the Kryptonian Age, which is a uh, twelve issue series. It's going to be by Andy Diggle and Leandro Fernandez. Hey, That's a uh, oh. Yeah, it's about uh, Batman telling you that you're just crazy and you're, what you feel isn't actually truth. <laughs> In the Kryptonian age. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Batman the Barbarian from Greg Smallwood. Oof. Man, I, and Tyler, we talked about this when the news dropped. I don't know if I feel like Smallwood's the guy for this kind of story. Like, I love his art, but... It, it, he's just he he comes off as more pulpy and barbarian. Actually, you know what? I take it all back. But, but, Did you read Lemire's Moon Knight with Greg Smallwood? I loved it. I, it, it How was that amazing. pulp? <laughs> well, fair enough. I don't know. Uh, there's something about it, that that announcement and like I, I I'd have to see it and like looking at the art, it looks wild. Yeah, it does um, look good. I, I, but I want to see it in play. And we're also getting Batman Nightfire by Clay and Seth Mann. Clay, man. Seth. Seth. I feel like there's a lot of like brothers getting jobs in comics now. Wes Craig's brother, Drew Craig. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's got a book through Image. You got Sean Bartley and Bean. That's Wait, no, cousin. that's cousin. That's a cousin. Sorry. He uh, <laughs> doesn't work in comics. Um, you know what? I. This is fine. Um, I don't really get what the difference is between this and Black Label. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good point. I, yeah. I, I feel like DC doesn't really do a great job of branding this kind of stuff. I think it's overstuffed because we already have Black Label. Um, but again, Tyler said it accurately that they already are publishing this kind of thing. But I think choose a... Choose a uh, Choose an umbrella title for it and like put it all under that. Why are why are these not black label books? What's the differentiator? Sure, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's they're not even like all of them are still Batman. Like, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't. Maybe it's formatting. Black label will be the magazine style, but that is such an obtuse distinction yeah. that digital ignores. So. I I have grown to dis to have a bit of a disdain for those books, quite frankly. I mean, they're not storable in the same way that all my other comic books are. Mm. Um and uh quite frankly, I don't finish most of them. Like I buy the first one and I'm like, wow, this is pretty good. And then I just don't follow up. I like I the know, one that's... Batman's wiener showing, but you know. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Uh <laughs> You can show a penis in Elseworlds. <laughs> I know. So Amon, Amon spelled it with an extra N, and I read it as penis, and it just made it funnier. <laughs> you can show a penis. <laughs> it's very Steve Brule of you. Oh, man. Um, yeah, this is this is cool. You know, this is fine. Uh, it's just more DC stuff. Number four, Elseworlds. <laughs> <laughs> Just Number four, okay. Kingdom Come. <laughs> Decent. Passable. Okay, Anthony that Fantano. Al- that, Alex, that Alex Rose guy or whatever his name is. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so 
DC is doing something that I think is a lot more interesting than bringing back Elseworlds, personally. Is it? To me. Okay. To me. I forgot to get a so, slide for this, so apologies. That's okay. They're publishing a faux simile version of A Death in the Family. So what does that mean? It's pronounced facsimile. Marco, read wow. the show notes next time. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I know, I know. I, I interjected just for that. <laughs> so everybody knows the story of A Death in the Family, which is, of course, where Jason Todd was killed by the Joker. What some people know is that this was voted on by the readers. 10,000-plus readers, allegedly, put in votes uh, to determine if Jason, a child, essentially at the time, a teenager, would live or die. And these sadistic comic book fans, these sick freaks... Including Dan Trudeau, I believe, right? <laughs> I I think so. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, comic Hound. <laughs> these individuals voted for Jason Todd to be killed by the Joker. <laughs> 35 cents, according to him. But what a lot of people don't know is that because of the fact that, you know, they couldn't get the results in and then do the ending, uh, then do the book, they had to print two versions. They had to make two versions, right? And draw two versions. What? And so, of course, once it was announced that uh, the fans wanted to give Jason Todd the old uh, axe, or in this case, the, uh, the crowbar, uh, the pipe, the crowbar, um, it never saw the light of day. And now DC is putting out a faux simile edition of that very issue, Batman 426. Or rather, 428, excuse me, 428. And you're more excited about this than Elseworlds? Yep. I like the idea of this, that it was still made, you know, and that we're finally getting to see it. I, I like the, I feel like somebody there was like a new intern at DC's offices who like opened like a dusty drawer of like what, what is this uh, and they're like Oop, here's my chance to get an idea out there. Well, you know why I like it. I, I I'm into it because it's I don't buy those facsimile books, but this is one where it's like actually I'm gonna get this because this feels like a loss to comics history because it's it really is a thing it's not like they're going back and reimagining oh well, what it's not a what if and it's not a new what if i guess um and it wasn't written as a what if it was written as a potentially a, a, a possible future for dc that was reasonable at that time the vote could have gone the other way and we'd be talking about a, a faux simile edition where jason gets killed but i i, I don't know i'm gonna pick this up it's interesting as like a like a good one shot concept, and you know what? I if if it goes beyond that, I think they're you know really stretching this for what it is. But if it's a fun little one two, maybe you get to learn what happens after. Like he grows up and he goes to college, you know? Like okay, <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. I don't know, man. <laughs> He he's alive now. The the he's he's he has potential. We're only getting one issue though, so it's not like we're ever gonna really get, we're not gonna get like a real long story on it. Yeah, it won't be a full what if. It'll just be the next issue. What if he just like retires after a few years? He's like, actually, I want to be a dentist. 
uh, the old Hermie the Elf method. What? How young are you, Marco? Jesus. What, Hermie I don't Elf? even know what that is. Word. Hermie the Elf that wants to be a dentist from Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer, Rankin and Bass. Oh. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. Um. <laughs> Bad ending. Jason Todd lives. Damn. I don't know. If I were alive at that time, I would have voted for him to live, I feel. Jason Todd would, too. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of people would have voted for Cy Spurrier and Aaron Campbell to reunite on John Constantine Hellblazer if they could vote for the creative team. Mm. Sean would vote Cy off, uh, but you know, I think the wrong decision for that. You know what? For this book. Huh? What's I that? would vote for this book. I had to go in the opposite direction. I wouldn't vote against this book. You know why? Because this just because it's not for me. I know that I don't care about Constantine even a little bit. But I know a lot of people do. So if this is for you, more power to you. And I would vote for it. So good. So good. You're muted. Did you look at the cover, Marco? Did you notice who's there? No, I, I, I didn't even know they released that. That was just an announcement. I hadn't seen the cover. There's two characters behind Constantine that you might be interested in. It's on the stream if you want to watch our stream. Whoa! <laughs> oh, is that Sandman? Yeah, I know you, you, you saw Swamp Thing right away. Um, but yeah, yeah that's also a dream. Yeah, okay, okay, wait, okay. But how, the Nightmare Country stuff or the Sandman stuff is separate. Oh, I, I believe this is that. its own thing. Yeah. yeah. No, but it, did, didn't it live under the Sandman universe at some point? The Constantine think- book? Hellblazer did, yeah. Hellblazer yeah. did, yeah. But I think this is like the end story of what he wanted to tell. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yo, hype. Yeah. So uh, we learned that we are getting, it's going to be a black label book, oh. uh, a DC black label Sandman universe series. It's, it's got three. <laughs> what, is the, what is the trade dressing going to look like on this thing? DCBLSU. DC got a BBL? What? <laughs> <laughs> so it's called John Constantine. It's called DC Black Label Sandman Universe John Constantine Hellblazer Dead in America. Launches the first Elseworlds title. <laughs> it's an eight issue book that's going to be coming out in January. And uh, again, it spins out of the book that they worked on. Um, you know, back in the day. Um, look, I couldn't care less about this, except to say that I'm happy for those who, you know, who this is for. Um, the art's going to be great. I'm sure of that because Aaron Campbell is super talented. And in the one issue of their run that I did read, the it, it was beautiful. It looked great. Oh, that's right. Kale made, you, Kale made you read it, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did see Aaron Campbell at uh, New York Comic Con, and man, that guy's art is... Ooh, yep, good stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for this. It's also Constantine in, in America, right? Um, so a yep. whole new spin on it, which maybe a little wary because it is uh, a guy who's not American, but writing it. But we'll see. There's already a double decker bus on it going to Hollywood, so I'm confused. But <laughs> oh, oh, but Sai Sai is a good voice for the character. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think his Constantine voice is appropriate. 
Yeah. 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 It's uh it's coming in January. So if you're into this, you don't have too long to wait. And that's one of the nice things about New York Comic Con is that like most of the announcements are just around the bend. Mm. So we don't have to wait much longer for most of this. Um go ahead, Ty. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say, like, San Diego Comic-Con comic announcements are weird because nobody really wants to launch stuff now. It's New Year when they want to launch stuff. So New York Comic-Con always has some good news. Yeah. Like, they're always in the middle of an event because it's the summer. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, speaking of announcements, we got a huge announcement, a, a, a surprise announcement. Um, We got a announcement of a new book a new comic coming from scott snyder and tom hardy venom (laughs) yes venom bane snyder and tom hardy have a lot in common because uh they're both you know they both worked on batman oh yeah yeah dark knight dkr yeah exactly uh one of the best on-screen Batman villains of all time. I'm taking no questions at this particular moment. Thank you, Tyler. Number four, Bane. Frank Thierry um, and uh, Ryan Smallman of Fortnite art fame are going to be teaming up with the aforementioned Snyder and Hardy for Arcbound, which is a 12-issue limited series uh, that's going to launch in 2024. And they immediately talked about wanting to create an Arcbound universe. Excuse um, me? Yeah, they wasted no time at all to talk about that. Uh, Scott Snyder told THR, Arcbound is set apart not just by its original concept and narrative, but also by the team that's breathing life into it. Frank is one of the best storytellers I know. His imaginative talent is amazing, but he's also an incredible structuralist. Ryan's style is so kinetic, so full of energy and passion. And Tom has been responsible for bringing some of my favorite characters to life on the screen. He's a true creative force. So having the chance to work with all three of them in building a world and a story of this scope, it's hugely exciting because Arcbound is not just a comic. It's a narrative expression reflecting our times. It's not just a comic, Sean. It's a lifestyle. (laughs) this feels like when a startup uh gets made in tech and they say all these buzzwords to explain what they're doing and the company goes under in two years (laughs) yeah Um, i this this cannot have this has negative buzz for me (laughs) i have no like tom hardy's fine but like number four tom hardy um he just it doesn't doesn't do much for me. Like he's an actor. This is yeah. I'm in prison. I'm in prison. The chat says in the chat says, um, is this another berserk? It it smells like it. It smells like celebrity cashing cashing in on the comic book IP farm. Um, and then yeah, Snyder's on it because it's good buzz, and I'm sure he gets a nice paycheck from it. But um, it, yeah, it, it even looks. It look the cover of this book book looks like uh when a movie has a comic book in the movie. Um, and they hire someone to make what the cover would look like in the movie, mm, but yeah. it's not actually a comic book. That's kind of what it feels like. Well, and also, what is so? What is the creative delegation here? Because Frank Thierry's writing, 
Scott talked about how great Frank Thierry is. Are they splitting writing duties? Do we know? Is Scott? Is this just Scott's name on it? Was Scott? Is was it like Scott and Tom worked out what the sort of the idea was, and then they got Frank Thierry to write it out and Ryan Smallman to to draw it? Is that the idea? Because that's not that attractive. I'm sorry. If it's if it's an idea that Hardy had and was just like, hey, I think this is really cool. You guys should do this. I, 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 I don't know the workflow for this, right? But um, that's not exciting. Like, yeah, Scott's on it. Um, Terry's on it. But this is going to be, it, it feels like they're going to be maybe picking up slack or doing work from somebody else just to output. Is this going to be kickstarted, Sean? That that was not stated. There, there was no announcement of it. It does feel like somebody, like Tom Hardy's agent, saw the Keanu Reeves thing and was like, let's do this. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's let's give it a little bit of respect and let's talk about what it's going to be. So, uh, the formidable corporatocracy Zynatech harnesses the unmatched energy of Chromium to assert its dominance across the stars. The Arcbound series chronicles the journey of Kai, a resolute mediator captain tasked with maintaining Zynatech's lifeline to Chromium. However, he grapples with the morality of his role. Revelations about Zynatech's dubious past thrust him into a poignant quandary to remain loyal to the Empire or to confront the forces that molded him into a tool of oppression. Tom Hardy, the answer is simple. You shill. <laughs> you, you said let, let's get let's give them respect, and then you proceeded to read the most uh, 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 box out of the box sci fi story ever. <laughs> uh, hey guys, get your money. It's comics. Get it while you can. Cronium, unobtainium. Yeah, that's exactly what that was. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah. Wait, you're telling me there's a sci fi book with a with a an oppressive regime? <laughs> No, <laughs> it it just it just smells to me like actor can't act due to strike and wants to do comic. Smells like chromium. <laughs> um, I don't know. This just doesn't get. I don't get up for this. You know. I hope it's good. Um, Scott Snyder. You know, he's obviously super talented. But these like Hollywood celebrity writer fusion things just don't really do it for me. Are we gonna take a bet on the next celebrity? Ooh, it's gotta be The Rock, right? He's up there. Oh, I'm surprised, right? That he hasn't with like yeah. ads for his tequila in it. <laughs> who who is an actor you would want to, to write a comic? You think you think we could have somebody to say Dwayne Johnson's Gray Alex? <laughs> Gray Alex. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Tr to tell you the truth, I don't even spend two seconds thinking about it. Like, I, I I like actors that act really well, but I don't know their capacity for writing. You know, mm. um, yeah. Joe Pesci has a good one. You know, Ray what? Romano you know what? has teamed up with Frank Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Like I don't have it. I don't have an answer as far as an actor, but I would love to see a James Gunn comic book. Oh, okay, that'd be cool. Wait, didn't he and his son do one? No, who am I thinking of? Oh, you're wow. You're thinking of uh, uh, J.J. Abrams. Oh, yeah. that's right. You're that's thinking right. of J.J. Abrams and Nepo Abrams. 
that Spider-Man abomination. Did that even what? finish? No. I don't know. I, I only, genuinely don't know. Did only Looks one like, issue come out? Or two Looks issues? like my sex line. Oh, wow. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, this is just one of those things where I, I just don't care. Uh, truth be told. Hope it's good. So, so Netta brings up uh, Imam Vellani, Vellani writing Miss Marvel. Uh, that feels different um, than wow, this. That's good. But that's yeah. good. There seems to that that's like like that's in main continuity. That is a an actor who actually has shown love for the character even before she was Miss Marvel. Like she was in message boards talking about Miss Marvel. So there's a history of of passion for the character. I see nothing of that here. Yeah, and and like she literally is the character. Like Paul Dano writing the Riddler didn't bother me for the same reason. Um, if Tom Hardy was going to write a Bane comic and he was going to write it, then sure. But he's not writing this by all accounts. Um, I really don't know what his involvement is. It's the level of involvement that Keanu Reeves by and large probably had with Berserker, except for the fact that he was on front street making videos, supporting the book, talking about where you can get comics and everything like that. That did more for comics than anything that we just talked about did. Keanu Reeves, to give him credit, he was going to comic book shops and doing signings. Yeah, he did. You know? He did yeah. the legwork. Yep. I do not see yeah. Tom Hardy going to a comic book shop. I'm sorry. He didn't just put his name on a book. Yeah. He right. sold it. Yep. Well, and and after talking to Matt, like he 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 was involved. He was involved in the process. So like that that gave me a bit more respect for the book too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So yeah, this just doesn't do it for me. But you know what does is Rick Remender comics. Who? Rick Remender, only one of the greatest comic book writers of all time, announced this week at New York Comic Con a massive expansion of the creators behind uh, the giant generator imprint, which is, again, an imprint under Image Comics. So... These are the creators who are signed on to work exclusively uh, with Giant Generator. Daniel Acuna, Andre Lima Arujo, Paul Azaceda, Bengo, Roland Bashi, Max Fiumara, Mike Hawthorne, J.G. Jones, Francesco Mobley, Brett Parson, Yannick Paquette, and Greg Tacchini. So 12 huge artists are off the market. Gone Yo, from the creative ecosystem. Exclusive, man. Hot. Yep. And then on the on you you know going back to the Ghost Machine, they took some some pretty hot creators out of the pool as well. It's weird seeing exclus- exclusivity go towards indies now. Yeah. Rather than the big two, you know, the, you had we had the, like the the mid aughts uh, exclusivity race in comics and in Marvel and DC. Mm. Uh, now we're seeing like a different version of that here. I mean, comics is continuing to diversify itself and democratize itself. And now the fact that uh, Ghost Machine, Giant uh, uh, giant Generator here too, like all of that plays into the fact that, you know what, maybe we can just do it for ourselves. Maybe it's just taken a collective time to for us to realize this. I mean, you do say diversify. Uh, uh, I would say the list of creators here it maybe did not do any diversifying. <laughs> um, it's all dudes. Um, so... It would be nice to see, I don't know, 
some non-dude names in these exclusivity deals, but you know. Yeah, that's and that's something it's, that it's um, Rick Remender in general with his books too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'm not sure what that's about, to be honest. Um, but you know, to be fair to Rick, I guess this is a list of creators who he has worked primarily who he has worked with uh, throughout his career. As you're naming them, I'm like, oh yeah, Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. Uh, that one with the car. <laughs> what was that one called? That one with the car. The the woman who drives the car, the Bengal uh, drew. Oh 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 yes. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of. Yeah that yeah. One. Bengal actually did a really good Overwatch comic way back when. Good stuff. Um, but like yeah, these are these are his boys. You know, Tinian does it. Snyder does it. Now Remender's doing it. These are these are his guys. Um, and then uh, some of the books they've announced will look pretty interesting too. Yo, maybe they're next. Imagine Tinian, like the the school of Tinian, just kind of like aggregates. It turns into Game of Thrones. <laughs> just houses, which, yeah. All of the individual, yeah, all the individual. Houses. I mean, but, but, but like Japan comic? has art houses, you know, in that sense too, in their comics, right? Does Japan have like studios and houses for? Yeah, yeah, they have hmm, uh, interesting, like like collectives and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. they've been around because uh, Flux House is uh is one that i'm familiar with um and like matt kent's a part of that i think tyler jenkins it's just whether or not they they output at a certain degree to up to a certain degree and they have that awareness you know speaking of the books that got announced um we know that rick remender and bangle who worked on death and glory together by the way Mm. um are going to be teaming up once again for a new book called Napalm Lullaby, it is a dystopian future kind of series uh, that's going to kick off in March. Um, issue one's got some crazy um, variant covers by some pretty incredible creators. Uh, it's described as uh, as such. What if a child with unimaginable power was discovered and raised to believe he was a god? by a cult built upon hatred and populated by zealots utterly confident in the purity and absolute moral authority of their religion. Enter a world ruled by the magnificent leader, where just such a cult impose their will on an entire world to create the ultimate theocracy. Join up and buy in, or be cast out to suffer in the toxic slums with the masses of humanity. The story of Napalm Lullaby begins 50 years after the cult's subjugation of Earth, when two of the Messiah's bastard children, each with powers that are strange and difficult to control, set out to escape the slums of their Earth, determined, or of their birth, rather. Determined to infiltrate the magnificent leader's doomed fortress of adulation, they'll stop at nothing to kill the man responsible for the nightmare they were raised in. See, that's a pitch. Yeah. That's a lot. I smell Apocalypse Twins in there. Yeah, um, from from my Uncanny Avengers. Well, I want you to continue, but uh, Rick Remender said that this and Holy Roller are his first forays into superheroes since he oh, left Marvel. Interesting. interesting. Okay. Huh. People yeah, I mean, with powers. I'm, it's it's okay. a Remender book. I'm gonna check it out. Like there's, it's, I'm a simple man. <laughs> yeah, as agreed. am I. Sounds hot to me. Napalm is very hot, actually, <laughs> and and that he's writing it and he's like sort of selected these these uh creators like he knows he probably knows what he has in his head, 
puts it pen to paper and is like, you're the guy for this book. Yeah. Hype. I'm hyped too. Uh, and then he also announced um, Gromits as another ongoing series that we would get coming out in April. Uh, he's going to be teaming up with Brian Bozian. Uh, Brian Bozian. Brian Bosain, yeah. uh, Brett Comedian. Parson, and Moreno Denicio. Um, this is an 80s-infused coming-of-age story, and it's about kids that skate. Uh, Brian Bosain, uh, for comics fans, uh, was the guy who partnered with Jerry Duggan for the Deadpool relaunch of Marvel Now. Okay. Um, and uh, he was like on the Sarah Silverman show. He has a face. If you look up Brian Posehn, you have seen him in something before. He's a very recognizable person. Uh, but this just this feels like uh, a book for the, the all the, the all the guys that you know played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater growing up. Uh, which which I'm I'm cool with. I like that. Rocket even the power. whole, even the even the 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 cover is a nod to Thrasher magazine. So, uh, I, this this is interesting to me. Yeah, this is one that's uh, that I'm gonna have to be convinced of. Mm. Um, I don't care as much about this kind of concept. Skating is not important to me, um, and so I'm gonna have to be convinced. You know, he's great. He does. You know, he does phenomenal work. But I'm gonna have to be convinced that I need this. For sure, that's fair. Um, but in any event, I'm happy to see that Rick Remender is uh, staying committed to, you know, the image side of things because all the work's been great. Um, and I, one last thing, the fact that this is all under image, like there, I think this is that they're leaning into that business differentiator. You know, they have the ghost machine partnership with the publishing rights to that. Giant Generator has its own thing. Like, if they're going to house individual houses of creators, maybe this is the way that image takes back some of that glory that it had. Well, it's also a little easier for them because all I have to deal is publishing. I mean, I, I think a Giant Generator and like Skybound are a little more different than that. I think the image does have some control outside of publishing. Mm. Um, I think that's what made Ghost Machine different. Um, mm. But yeah, seeing that they. Um, have all these different little imprints here and there that have a, a, a rhyme and reason to them, unlike DC's imprints, um, is, you know, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Let's talk Marvel. How about that? I know the chat Marvel. probably wants us to, for sure. <laughs> and I, I know I know Chillmonger's in the chat. He's going to have something to say about one of these coming up. Marvel... Marvel really, uh, other than Ghost Machine, I think Marvel really came out swinging uh, here at New York Comic Con. Now, whether they were swings and misses or whether they were massive successes, that's what we're here to discuss, right? <laughs> but uh, Marvel had the the next big thing panel that happened on Saturday, and this is where they kind of blew the roof off of the Ultimate Universe, their next event, and things like that. So let's start with the Ultimate line. Now, we discussed Ultimate Universe number one, and we talked about Ultimate Spider-Man, because those are the only things we knew about. The Jonathan Hickman of it all. But what else? What else is coming? So Ultimate Universe, we know that's a one-shot. Sure. Ultimate Spider-Man. We finally know what, who is Spider-Man, 
and what the idea is. Let's go Ben Riley. Not quite. Oh, well. So Ultimate Spider-Man is not Miles Morales. Uh, much to my sadness, it is Peter. Hmm. It is Peter Parker. But but it's kind of like Peter B. Parker. It's kind of like Ultimate Peter B. Parker. That's the way uh, uh, Hickman had described what we would be getting uh, with this new Spider-Man. Um, the new Ultimate Spider-Man for a new Ultimate Universe. Uh, we are getting a bold new take on Spider-Man with this, the debut title of the new line of Ultimate Comics. After the events of Ultimate Invasion, the world needs a hero. Who will rise up to take on that responsibility? Prepare to be entangled in a web of mystery and excitement as the all-new Ultimate Spider-Man comic redefines the wall crawler for the 21st century. Now, I believe what I read is that this is a Spider-Man who gets his powers as an adult, which is pretty exciting to me. That's what we should infer to because as a kid, the maker made sure Peter didn't get bitten. Right. Um, and I think when they announced it, it's not in the article you listed, Sean, but the I don't think the suit's finalized because they cycled through four suits. Um, yeah. Chichetto drew four covers for this. I didn't get all of them, but I saw a, a gif of it online where one of yeah. them was 2099 suit, one of them with the black suit, and one of them was Ben Riley's suit, um, which tells me it's none of those. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I like this. I'm actually pretty excited about this because this is the Peter Parker story I've wanted for a while. Am, am I a little bummed that it's Peter Parker? Uh, yeah, I am. But this is kind of where I want Peter Parker to be in the main universe, which is also like room for a, being a bummer as well. Like, oh, if we're getting this in the ultimate, uh, Peter's going to stay a college kid in the main universe forever. Um, but it's it's different enough where I'm I'm curious. Yeah, me too. And I think that this is a good way for Marvel to have their cake and eat it too. I believe that it would have been very difficult to do something as unique and special uh, with a young Peter or even a young Miles, maybe, um, as what Ultimate Spider-Man initially was. Um, it's just a different time. This, though, is different and is unique, but it's going in the other direction. Because Marvel is never, ever, 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 ever going to give you real, true adult Peter in the middle of his life with a wife and kids and all of that. That's not happening in mainline Marvel. But that's something you can get away with in the ultimate line, and that's the perfect place to do it. I mean, other than the mainline Marvel, which I don't think they should do, but I digress. I do be I do hope like he's married with a kid, too. I think that's more interesting. I mean, certainly more interesting than him living with his aunt. You know, if they're gonna, if they're yeah. going like, if he's using, if Hickman is specifically saying Peter B. Parker, which he did, he cannot be just a bachelor. He can't. He can't be the same as mainline Peter. There has to be something significantly different. Give me divorced dad, Peter Parker. <laughs> no, not even divorced. He has to be married. Wow, and I. <laughs> Mainline Peter is, is I mean, Triggered. he's not literally divorced, but like. Uh, I mean, if, if this, if Marvel is meant to be the world outside your window, then 
make this guy have college debt that he's still paying off. He's living in the basement of Aunt May's house because where else is he going to work? He got bit by the spider when he was, you know, late night grocery shopping, feeling for avocados. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mike, my, my, a little owl. My question is, what is Paul's role in the Ultimate Spider-Man universe? Oh, I need Ultimate Paul. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Ultimate Paul. He already is Ultimate Paul. It's true. Yeah. I think I think uh, I read that uh, Hickman had said that Paul was going to be uh, he's going to have a, an actually a superhero identity in this uh, in this iteration. He's going to be called Rizman, <laughs> the, Riz- the Rizzler, <laughs> maybe the, Rizzler. <laughs> the Riz. Uh, yeah, no, I mean this is this is exciting to me. I'm glad that it's it's going to be down to earth, but it's a it's a different bend on Peter than we've really got. Um. We also learn. Oh, by the way, January tenth on that. Oh, uh, seem to come. Yeah, we also got Ultimate Black Panther. This is something that Tyler and I both called way back when. This is going to be written by one of my faves, Brian Edward Hill. Let's go. Yep, with art by Stefano Caselli, a tremendous artist. Uh, the new Ultimate Black Panther. In the wake of Ultimate Invasion, Konshu and Ra, the force known together as Moon Knight, are seeking to expand their brutal control of the continent of Africa. In response, the lone bulwark against them, the isolated nation of Wakanda, will send forth its champion, its king, the Black Panther. Um, Is it T'Challa? It's T'Challa. <laughs> I have to get out of the way. I have to get out of the way. <laughs> It's T'Challa, I'm sure. It's, I don't it's, think it's that's probably T'Challa. To the fact that, that it's a guy makes me yeah. think it's T'Challa. If they were going to do not T'Challa, it would have been a, a woman character. I don't think there's a need to even rock that boat. Like, yeah. let, yes, let it be T'Challa. Let's you know, let's tell good Black Panther stories. And this is great because really there was no ultimate Black Panther uh, before, at least not one that we spent much time with. So I like that they're launching right out the gate. With Black Panther, you know, make him a pillar of this new Ultimate Universe. And that team, Brian Hill, like they, in the in the solicits, it mentions Killmonger, which is an under, it's a slept on mini. Uh, Brian Hill's uh, Killmonger is very good. Uh, and yeah. Caselli is, yeah, one of my favorites. Nice. How do you feel about the Moon Knight of this? I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think it makes sense for ge- geographically where it is. Um, you know, an expansion from the north to Wakanda. Where does Wakanda lay on the map? Is it like Central Africa or something? Wherever it is. Yeah, I'm just curious as a relation to to Egypt, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it makes geographical sense. I guess what I'm getting at is the idea that Khonshu and Ra are a combination that is mm-hmm. Moon Knight. So that I guess for the time being, removes like Mark Spector or anyone of that nature being Moon Knight. Isn't it's interesting only... because Moon God and Sun God at the same time. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, what were you but say? wouldn't they be at odds? Because isn't isn't the whole reason is that he is the voice of Kanchu specifically? And mainline Marvel. Oh, but... true, true. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. This is cool. I'm way in. No. Try it. Brian, Brian Hill's on it. Easy. And, and just like Ultimate uh, Comics fashion, uh, the costume design is a little too extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's a bit uh, much. It's a bit much. But creative team alone, I'm sold, honestly. I don't even care what it's about. Um, Up next, we got Ultimate X-Men. Yes, yes. Bye, Paul. Yes. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <laughs> um, yeah, so this was the biggest, like, surprise, I think. Not because there's an Ultimate X-Men book, no duh, um, but because it's written and drawn by Peach Momoko. Thank you. Thank you for listening to anybody who you, I, I know somebody at Marvel's, you know, hears us. And, and so we died sincerely. Just thank you. They don't hear us. They hear, hear sales. <laughs> Peter Moko is a money printing machine. I haven't read anything that Peach has done. I didn't catch any of the Demon Days books, so I don't know uh, the quality of the writing. I think that this is a, you know, her art style is extremely um, unique. And so this will be a very visually diverse book uh, from the rest of what is clearly in the Ultimate Universe. Um, there are no details. There were no de- details made available about what this book would be. We know Armor's on the cover of it. Um, I'm excited by that because Armor is uh, one of my faves. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm in. I, hmm, Demon Days had very much manga stylings in, in, in the narrative um i'd be curious how you uh how you read those through sean because it, it's it's very different um and the what she leans on from like even tropes are pulled very much from manga i, I i'll be honest with you sean i think you would like the look of demon days and that's it yeah yeah I think i'm so. not sure the content is, is for you mm. well then i'm worried <laughs> <laughs> I just think the way it's set uh, and where it's set and and it's it heavily influenced with um like just like feudal Japan setting um whereas this is just this is mainline continuity this is like Beach right. Moko has to play in the sandbox of the ultimate universe as opposed to making her own thing yeah. um which I think maybe take you know reining that in a bit um and it's got armor I'm a big armor fan and I know you are too so yeah um I, I don't think you should be too worried. Yeah, okay. She she does a good job with the characters and with their interactions. Um, it's just the where she grounds herself, I think, is in a, in a different styling. But the craft is definitely the craft and skill is definitely there. I think it's it's the subject matter that won't. It's it's almost pirates, but it's it's like it's ninjas. I don't know if you're big into ninjas, so ninjas are cool. I like ninjas. <laughs> Anti pirate. Nah, fuck pirates. I, I, I do want to say all of the branding, the dressing on these things are kind of are, are pretty cool. Like the individualized logos for the ultimate for that said character. Yeah. Awesome. Whether or not it needs to say ultimate underneath that, that, that might be a little bit because you're blocking some of the art on the covers. But I think the individual uh, designs are very, very cool. Really good idea. And Marvel Snap's going to have a whole bunch of ways to bring out new microtransactions for people. <laughs> yes. Uh, and also, so in in the in the Ultimate X Men One cover, uh, Wolverine behind her. There's three slashes, and a glare. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, especially yeah. with armor. Armor and Wolverine go hand in hand. Okay, so armor Wolverine. Oh, are we calling what the team will be? Let's let's do it. Cyclops. Storm. Oh uh, no. No Cyclops. I don't think Cyclops or Jean Grey. Storm. Uh, I would say Storm. 
Um, I would say Beast. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, and then Rogue. X-23? Uh, no. If Wolverine's there, no X-23. Okay. Um, I would throw either Rogue or... Uh, Surge. Maybe... Come on. Peace Momoko. Surge. Let's do it. Please. That's a wet dream for Sean. Uh, yes. I, w- I would say uh, uh, Kitty Pride though. No, not not yes. Why did I say yes, dude? Not yes. <laughs> no, Got no him. Kitty Pride. Armor is Kitty Pride. Self self report. Got him. No. Um, I I would love to see Gene and Cyclops. That's what I want. Mm. Yeah, he talked about it at the beginning of the show. We know. <laughs> right, uh, my question is like I don't know like how this doesn't have um like. A main ultimate line book, though. Like, we had everything we've been dealing with the Ultimates in Ultimate Invasion and Ultimate Universe. None of those characters are in these three books that are that are the new line. Um, so I'm a little confused, but I, I think that after Ultimate Universe mm. number one drops, we get the Ultimates book announcement. Mm. Okay, just like a little, little bit delayed. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they tease this out so. Yeah, so this is cool. Um, I'm excited for these books. Ultimate X Men comes out in March, so it looks like we're getting one in uh, one in January, then one in February, then one in March, and that's going to kind of be the cadence. I agree with uh, Ah in the chat. Keep the line small mm. and keep the books distinct and keep them good. Literally, I would only add an Avengers or an Ultimate book, an Ultimates book, and like that's it for Max. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you think Hickman writes the Ultimates? Book? I think so. I think so, yeah. Okay. Hickman or Cates, but I don't know where Cates is, man. No no Donnie Cates at New York Comic Con twenty twenty three. Yeah. The Am dude's I... still recovering from what I know. Like it's it's been rough for that dude, so Yeah. Give Real bummer. Uh let's talk a little bit about Avengers Twilight. Oh, you mean the book I scooped before Marvel can announce it? <laughs> So, uh, of course, this is a book we already knew about. Uh, Chip talked a little bit about it in his interview with Tyler. Definitely check that out. We got details, though. So now we know that Avengers Twilight is uh, a book that's going to kind of take place in the future. It's a an alternate version of the future in which Steve Rogers, not necessarily Captain America as much, um is uh is kind of at the forefront he appears to have run for senator at some point uh been essentially um and it's a very different america there are no avengers anymore they're not friends they put out a trailer i don't know if you guys checked it out but it was really good i like when marvel does their trailers i was a big fan of the civil war trailers they did um for the uh for the comic back in 2006 and this gave me that vibe this this was pretty cool honestly hmm. Um, it's, it's a team that I will read a book for. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Creative teams there. That's that's what's gonna pull me. Yeah. Uh, one one thing that Chip actually said in the interview that I thought was really interesting, and it makes a lot more sense what he said now that I've seen the trailer and we know more information about the book, um, is that this was written four years ago. 
Um, and the book is very, very much, very much influenced in my eyes by the political climate that we were in four years ago. That's a, you know, Trump era. Yeah. Pre-2020 uh, election, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So uh, Chip did say that, like, you know, the climate has changed a lot since then. And so some of the things that are in the book don't necessarily reflect how he feels today. But that being said, I am interested in what Chip has to say if this was written based on how he was feeling about the world at that time. So, yeah, I'm into it. I'm down, 100%. Can I tell you what I'm not into? Uh, oh, blood. I hate blood. Um, Pirates. That too. Uh, so One Piece, definitely not for me. Oh. Um, Marvel announced Blood Hunt. Blood Hunt is their big Avengers horror, you know, universe crossover event that I would say they've been promising for a while. Um, a vamp big vampire event with the tagline. You guys are ready for this? The tagline is who will bite it? <laughs> what? I kind of like that. <laughs> what? It's cheesy. Who will bite what? When the someone dust. says, oh, he's going to bite it, it means he's going to die. Oh. I no. forgot you weren't alive in the 90s. You don't understand 90s slang. It's fine. Who will bite it? Boo. Agreed, Next. Marco. Jed McKay, Pepe Larraz, Marta Gracia. Boy, oh boy, is this going to look great. Damn, it will. Team, yeah. It's going to look really great. And it looks like it's Avengers, Blade, Miles Morales, and Doctor Strange and Moon Knight? Yeah. Possibly? Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Jason Aaron seeded the whole vampire war in his Avengers run, and that's one of the things he didn't really get to finish. Um, so that's a big question mark on the Marvel Universe. So this kind of had to happen, and with Blade being a pretty good book right now, uh, let's just do it now. Get out of the way. Yeah, it's just going to be a lot of Draculas in this book. And I just Go ahead, Marco. Well, it did. The, the only other thing that was teased out for was some of the Wolverine, like the initial Wolverine stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm not sold on this. So it feels gimmicky. Oh, 100% it's a gimmick. Yeah. I mean, I why just, put I, a vampire event out in spring? Right. A, it should have <laughs> been coming out now. Yeah. Uh, so that doesn't make any sense. It's like when did B, I'm desperate for Marvel to put out an event of merit. An event of substance. Please, please, I'm begging you. Put out an event that I can sink my teeth into, no pun intended, that was intended. and actually get something out of. Please. What do they do a whole who who do you bite uh, kind of campaign? Silhouettes of people. Who, who's this silhouette <laughs> with a weird cape? Oh, that's also Dracula. Well, if they're asking me who do I bite, I want to see silhouettes of like She-Hulk or you know like, like come on, Jean Gorilla Gray. Man. No, not Jean Grey. Gorilla yeah. Man. I think he's actually a vampire in current continuity, so he'll, he'll probably be in this book. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I'm not into this. You know. Look. I'm a little bit down on Jed because of what's been going on with Avengers, and uh, this. This. This just has no heat for me. I'm. I'm. I don't want this. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it, 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 this just feels like fluff stuff to sort of get the uh, 
in in between publishing initiatives or something, you know, like they're gonna just toss this out. Yeah. Manny brings up a good point in the chat. Uh, that Miles book hasn't had four issues straight without being attached to an event. For real. <laughs> yeah. For real. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You can't even get out of the blocks with some of these big two books. Rip. It's wild. <laughs> Yo, James Jones in the chat has been uh, has been like calling out which books are, are interested. He's like, oh, going to get the Black Panther book for sure. Interesting. A Moon Knight. The one uh, was, oh, yeah, uh, this one. Pat, I don't know, a trade weight on Twilight. Is this Twilight of the Superheroes? Is this what we we're, we did a whole series on? I wish. I wish. Twilight with the superheroes, apparently. Yeah. Um, Aaron Ruiz says, is this going to be the Avengers book that Sean may actually enjoy? Yeah, probably. I mean, you get a good creative team on, a, on an Avengers comic, and I'm all in. And, and Pepe Larraz holds a lot of weight. Like I know, yeah. we're you're joking. We're joking about the premise of this, but it's gonna look really good. Yep. And Marte Gracia too. Like top five for me, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I think so. The potential is there. The concept, oof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's been a lot of a lot of speculation about what Marvel would announce at New York Comic-Con 2023. How they would talk about the X-Men. What would the end, if the end of the Krakoan era was coming, what would it look like? We already know about the fall of the House of X and the rise of Powers of X. We know that they exist, but we don't know exactly what they're going to be. Uh, Well, now we do. Marvel has open the gates on that, and we now finally know what those two titles will be. And then the third title that uh, interrelates is, of course, uh, the uh, the resurrection of Magneto. So, this is it, guys. Marvel has officially announced the end. It's no. happening. It's a shame. Yeah, it's fine. I'm fine with it. No... <laughs> The uh the Mark the Mark Brooks uh classic Mark Brooks doing uh you know a, an X a Crown Age X Men triple page poster spread or whatever the heck you'd call it um it's got some really interesting choices in it it seems very anoc- like anachronistic in all the costume designs you have like Outback Rogue with Wolverine's costume from when he was you know uh, headmaster of the X Men and Wolverine the X Men but you have like Hellfire Gala. Oh no, uh, Hellfire Club Emma with like her Cohen Age Cyclops. It's it's all over the place. Uh, uh, Age of Apocalypse Colossus is there. So, are we going to be dealing with some real timey wibbly wobbly Tommy Wimey stuff with this too? I mean, we are with <laughs> Rise of Powers of Ten, but yeah. I literally don't think it matters, dude. If you look at the original one he did, the characters are wearing wonky costumes that but, didn't. But it has been said like there's a reasoning to it. There wasn't. Look at the initial one. Look at it. So, it's yeah. got Cyclops in his blue and gold costume. That didn't come up. That's fair. Um, it is nice to see a, um, um, which call it, Cannonball in his original, you know, denim jacket. But uh, in, in the in the chat, Manny goes, 
Hangshu. <laughs> you got the Hangshu Mimi Mies. Yeah. Good. Uh, and then, I mean, going back to the mansion after having your own nation is the definition of down bad. So that's that's really been the crux of the discourse about this because again, there's no. I don't think that it's reasonable to still question whether or not this is the end. Marvel seems to be, in my mind, pretty explicitly saying it's over, and people are frustrated. Now, my opinion is that those that a lot of the people who are frustrated were not talking about. No one talks about the the core X Men fan who's alienated by this era. That person is voiceless, but that person has buying power. And that person is going to return when they see the mansion. There's no doubt in my mind about that. They're going to return when they see the mansion. They're going to return when they see, you know, just the back-to-basics approach that we know is coming once this era comes to an end. They didn't bring Tom Brevoort for no reason. He's coming because they're going to bring the X-Men sort of back to one. The rubber band is at capacity, guys. This is it. They're even like like literally closing the loop with this too, uh, with yeah. you know, rise and fall, right? Um, like those yeah. plot lines are being closed up. To meat and potatoes. I mean, I'm fine with it. We got it. You know, it it, it happened. It was mostly good. Um, but well, you know, we'll see. Now that Mar- now that Marvel has, uh, in Marvel and then Disney proper has a monetary reason to do good X-Men comics. When was the last time they had that for the X-Men when they were in the mansion? Yeah. So even though we're going back to the mansion, there's still potential here for some really good stuff. Like there's a lot new characters that have, you know, a a lot more um, uh, priority and, and spotlight on them um, that maybe didn't during the mansion eras. The other thing that people took umbrage with is the rubber banding or the apparent rubber banding of Magneto. <laughs> because yeah. in the trailer, it's he's referred to, it says essentially that in order for the X-Men to, in order for mutants to overcome this threat of orcas and everything else, they need the aid of their greatest villain, their greatest enemy. And that's a reference to Magneto. To me... That makes perfect sense if you've been reading the Krakoan era because Magneto died and there is no backup, allegedly. My suspicion is that the backup that they end up using will go back to a prior version of Magneto. Yeah, that's why why I called that when we talked about, you know, the return to the mansion. Like, they're going to return to a, a status quo that makes sense for a movie and Magneto as the main villain of a movie makes sense. Which is yeah. a bummer, man. Magneto's growth is one of the best in comics. Um, yeah. that that if I have any kind of uh, annoyance with this, like I'm not really annoyed that Krakoan Age is ending. It it did what it did. Um, but it, it's this. It's it, it's making Magneto a villain again. You know. But yeah. my thing is like, is he always going to be a hero because he's a hero now? You know. I don't consider him a hero, though. I consider him pragmatic, but he's not a villain, you know? Yeah. He's he's neither. He is the best for mutant kind in any way and shape that exists. And optically, I... it might look like a villain. It might look like a hero. Um, but that he doesn't care about optics. It's about 
what's best for mutant kind. The way you've worded it was like, oh, the villain Magneto needs to come back. It feels like they're going to go. I, I mean, I hope not. I hope they don't go mustache twirly, scene chewy Magneto. But I mean, that's an interpretation of Magneto. I don't think that that's actually, I don't think Magneto's a pragmatist. I think that the Magneto we had before was a person who was an extremist terrorist uh, that felt that mutant kind was superior and should be treated as such. And I think that the Magneto that we have now is a person who has learned that that doesn't get it done um, and wants to be better. So I do think he is a better person now. And I do think he was, you know, villainous before. If you're going to launch nuclear missiles at, 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 at humanity, that's pretty villainous to me. So if they're taking him back to that, that's back to bad. Yeah. I, I think your your overall point on it, Tyler, is salient because like I, I agree. I think it's how you control that character. But if he is gonna be reverted back, it's gonna be under that category. But I think he he has gotten so much more depth that you're just gonna erase that. And that's uh that's not gonna jive with Oh, that's not gonna die with me going back into into this. Like going back, if we're going back to the mansion, if we're going back to uh, the big bad Magneto, like the those things don't interest me anymore. Those those that that's not the X Men that I care about. Why not? It's it's not interesting. I, the the interesting stuff was them having their own nation. Was this unifying force? Was that well? I as much as previously he was a. Uh, he was a bad guy. He was their antagonist and villain. He had the capacity to change because uh, he wants to the proliferation of mutants. And if there's a way to do so, that is methodical and how they initially planned with um, Hoxpox. I I thought that that continuing along that journey, I, I thought there was more for he he could continue to do. He could continue to grow. I think there's a lot of a lot to be mined with a non and X-Men. Hmm. I mean, we had Nation Nation X before, which wasn't great, and it was essentially the same idea as Krakoa. Yep. Um, just wasn't executed the well that well. I, I think it depends on the creative team. Like like Hickman uh, executed something that is that has kind of been done before with you know Nation X outside you know right outside of California. Um, just did it better and in better execution, which I think that was a Kieran Gillen creation, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, I just noticed there's two cables on this Mark Brooks thing too. There are two cables, literally, because we got the kid one and the adult one. That's right. And then there's, I mean, there's technically two X twenty threes as well. So interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all in on this. Uh, I don't want the era to end, but if we're going back to basics and Marvel is planning to make the X Men books the flagship, which uh, that's the vibe that I get by bringing Tom Brevoort on and letting Will Moss be the editorial editor editor in charge of the X-Men or the Avengers rather. This is the way to do that. You bring on a fresh start and you get the best people you can to usher that era in. We don't know how they're going to do that. We're going to get more news in November. Um, right now, what we know is that the fall of House of X number or uh, Fall of House of X will be a five-issue series, as will Rise of the Powers of X, and Resurrection of Magneto will be a four-issue series. Um, 
Resurrection of Magneto, we'll see, of course, the Resurrection of Magneto by Storm, um, who is going to somehow resurrect him. Uh, we don't know the mechanism, um, but we know that they cannot use the five. Krakoa has fallen. Mm. And so the means of resurrection that they had don't exist anymore. Uh, isn't um, Sinister's lab still missing? It's comic books. They'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. um, the so this would lead into possibly a June or a, uh, probably a June relaunch of the X Men, which would have lined up with the Hellfire Gala anyway. So yeah. Um. The the fall of the House of X is going to be Krakoa has just begun to fight. And fall of the House of X number one, mutant kind has never had a greater fall from the heights of Krakoa, their own glorious nation, a place where they were safe and happy to the lowest of lows. Outlawed, hunted, killed, most of their kind missing or dead, and now one of their greatest leaders, Cyclops, is on trial, facing a death penalty. Ready or not, the time has come for the X-Men to make their final stand against the forces that have struck them low. The day is now, the place is here, the tale of the house Xavier built will long be told. And few will forget this darkest chapter. So again, it's not just a return to the X-Mansion. It's also a return to the X-Men as an oppressed minority type that's being hunted and killed, which we have seen in the fall of X. Um, I do believe that all the mutants will be present when things get relaunched. But for now, this is their darkest hour. Hmm. Um, and then last, Rise of the Powers of X. Uh, and the fight for Kokoa has been lost in Rise of the Powers of X. Ten years ago, the mutants returned from their exile to try and reclaim the Earth from the forces of Orcus. They failed. Now, within the victorious Orcus, with their gauntlet choking the world, Nimrod and Omega Sentinel put their plan within a plan into action. They are to summon their binary god, to consume everything in their ascension. All that stands between them is the X-Men. What can they do? They're the X-Men. They'll find a way. That's their power. So begins a story beyond time and space with the rise of powers beyond our petty human intelligence. Oh, so there's interesting. They're, so they're still intending to ascend. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it's closing that that loop of that story. I like the that. lineup. The lineup they have on that team is interesting looking. Gillen and Silva. Uh, no, I mean the, the, the characters. Oh, the characters. Okay, yeah. okay. Does that look like Darwin in, in, in Professor X's role, it looks like? Yeah. Uh, Wolverine, yeah. obviously. It looks like some kind of Iron Man with some kind of growing power. It could be. I don't know what that is. And oh, Captain Krakoa, which looks like maybe a rogue as well. Yeah. Ca- yeah. yeah. And um, Apocalypse Kitty Pride. Am I reading that correctly? That's what it looks like. Yeah. Interesting. I love I love crap like that. I, that whole future area that Hickman touched upon with the Ascension, it's it's super high sci-fi, and I really like that. Um, I don't know if Gillen could <laughs> do that, but it's but it's Arby Silva. So again, the art will be at least getting me the ticket in. Yep, hundred uh, percent. Amen Perez in the chat says, "For me, mutants work better as the next step of evolution rather than an endangered species." Since House of M, I agree with that. Um, uh, 
if you're saying since House of M, I mean, they were hunted horribly after House of M. Like that's the only story they told with the mutants, really, until until uh, Hoxbox. Quite literally, the, the last story it was uh, Rosenberg's X Men before Hoxbox, and they were being killed every other issue violently. When I started reading X Men comics, which Tyler, this probably resonates with you, that was during the Messiah Complex. That's oh, right before well, it. I actually, I started reading right after that. But yeah, I think the. Because I, I think the sentiment there is like they they work better as that rather than them being hunted or them being followed followed like uh, the concepts of the X Men are better as they they can proliferate and and they're no longer that. I think I think I think personally that part of the problem with that is the same problem that exists if. Spider-Man's just a happily married dude with a kid and, you know, he's just like the best hero ever and he solved all his problems and yada, 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 is that it's difficult to, how do you, how do you, it limits the stories you can tell. Yes, absolutely. There are story limitations that exist in that situation. There are story limitations to the X-Men right now. Just the fact that we know for pretty much a fact that these characters can't die is a story limitation. How long can you keep that up? You know, how long can you keep up the idea that they have this medicine that can cure any disease? How long can you keep all of these things up? Once they defeat Orcus, what stands in their way? Nothing. How long can you keep up that the entire roster of mutant villains are not villains? Um... I think that it's not something that can last until, until you know, in perpetuity. I don't think it works that way. Speaking of Brevoort, I guess he just put out a news uh, newsletter in which uh, Will Moss will be the now the Avengers uh, editor. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Okay. Again, I'm not happy that this is happening, but I I get it. I think I I don't yeah. know what else they could do, and and also we know that it was always going to end. Yeah, Hickman yeah. was explicit about that. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if this went longer than Hickman wanted it to. Oh, it clearly good. did. Yeah, it clearly did. How many years has it been? Time it's is been weird. Four I, years. Because it started in twenty uh twenty nineteen. Oh, okay, yeah. So it will be five years when it ends. Sure, yeah, a multiple of ten. <laughs> hey, I like that. Maybe this is planned all along. <laughs> I like that. Um, oh wait, it's not a multiple of ten though. Yeah, oh, ten would I be a multiple of five, but whatever. This isn't the math, pals. Clearly, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. When it <laughs> we comes couldn't even to do a math. snake draft until six six episodes in. <laughs> the only kind of math I know how to do is I know how to count to the likes goal, and so do you guys because we killed the likes goal. And that means that we get to do a draft. Yes, absolutely. And so I am excited to tell you that the draft concept this week is inspired by New York Comic Con, of course, is superheroes in cosplay. Oh, wrong. That's why I wore the hat. It's actually name all the One Piece characters that you can. (laughs) I would lose that very quickly. Uh, Luffy. (laughs) <laughs> it's not pronounced Luffy. 
Oh. Luffy? Luffy? Like the thing you wash your body with. Yeah, Luffy. A loofah. Yeah. No, Luffy. Oh, I don't wash my body with a Luffy. I don't wash um, my body. Well, that's a take. <laughs> Sorry, um, we're Comic Con attendees. <laughs> <laughs> a, little mu- a little musty. I was cosplaying oh, as man. Pigpen all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um. So here's the the what this draft is about because that name in and of itself doesn't necessarily sell it. So what I mean by superheroes and cosplay is superhero characters wearing another person's costume and operating as that hero or a memorable time in which a a hero with the power to shapeshift shapeshifted into another hero and operated as that character. Can... No, I guess it doesn't work. Never mind. An example... I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, okay. Just So as an example, for those of you who have read Civil War, Iron Fist is Daredevil during the Civil War time. He is wearing Daredevil's outfit, and Matt Murdock is in prison, and uh, he's trying to clear his name. So it's not an official. They're not officially that character now. It's not a full-on name change. I would. I he, throw out Electra, becoming Daredevil. Does that count? No, because she's not a hero. Oh wait, what? But Daredevil like, is. Elect Electra. Electra is not a hero character. Oh, I disagree. Oh. What do you mean? Electra's a hero. She just does things in a very interesting way. She's hero-ish. I want. I'm talking heroes. Oh, this is a very Wait. specific draft. Jeez. Yeah. Hold on a second. Then. All right. All right. No, I'm, I'm ready. Wanna, I'm ready. You want to but... count? Well, how about? Well, it depends who goes first. I wasn't I, even going to use that. I was just using that as a clarification, honestly. Yeah, I don't think that should count. But uh, if it makes it easier for you, well, uh, does like on. does like Robin going into Nightwing count? That's no, a, they have no. to be becoming someone. They have to. It's cosplay, Mark. Okay. 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 Everybody on the same page. We'll find out. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Roll them bones. All right. Well, why don't you guys read comments real fast while I go get my dice, okay? Yeah. So uh, Tom Account says, bonkers draft. I did not read the K in that when I first read that uh, word. Uh, so I was very confused. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, that's out of, out of character for a Tom Account. Uh, so does Dick, Grace, uh, Dick Grayson count as Batman? Uh, I don't know. We're about to find out. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Oh, uh, I'm impressed. You're trying to trigger us. Wally West was impersonating Flash for 20, what, 26 years or something. Uh, that, uh, good thing Kale's not on this one. Rude. All right, All right you for, guys Sean? ready? Yeah, who's this for? All right, so I'm going to roll for Tyler first. Okay, here we go. Oh, snake, snake eyes. eyes. Oh, jinx. Seven. Oh, oh I swear to you, I thought the X was a one. No, the X is a six, and, and it just so happens that the one also came up. Gotcha. So that's a seven, and then I will roll for myself. That is a six. It's hidden, but it's a six. I don't know if you guys can see that. It's a six. Um, and another six. Oh, damn. So, so I go uh, first. You go. You definitely go first, and then I will now roll for Marco. That's a ten. Nice. And for myself, that is a six. So it's going to be Tyler, Marco, and I. Okay, I'm gonna start off. You got it. And but oh, just real quick, 
This is not limited to any particular company. You can use both, sure. just in case sure. anyone was curious. And we're doing four. I'm going to start with... Uh, I'm going to go... Let's go Bruce Banner Hulk as one of the members of the Fantastic Four. What do you mean? Which one? He was a Fantastic Four member. When that doesn't were... count. They have to be portraying a specific character. Another character. So he'd, yeah. he'd be like, he'd only count if he was like the human Thing. torch. Yeah. Or, sorry. Yeah. I guess that makes more sense, actually. I mean, Ghost Rider was in the, but he wasn't really the human torch. Um, he was Ghost Rider. He was Ghost Rider in the Fantastic. Oh, Jesus right. Christmas. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Gosh, darn it. Um, oh, when Lex, Lex Luthor was Superman. Lex is bad. Oh no! Oh, man. I told you, superheroes in cosplay. Right, I think Lex is like a good guy, in my mine. opinion. Um, hold on, <laughs> let me look at my wall here. Let me look at my wall here. No, that's a wall of villains. That doesn't help. Um, let me. Uh... Jane Foster, Thor. No, that doesn't count. It's not a cosplay. She became Thor. Um, Jesus, this is a tough one. <laughs> Do I have uh, to help you guys? No, oh, no, don't help me. Don't help me. Don't help me. You've, um, you've knocked out three of mine. <laughs> I have one, and it's just really dumb. Um, but it's the only one I can think of right now, and I might have to just say it to get out of the way. Miss uh, Thing. What? When Johnny Storm's girlfriend joins the FF and becomes the Thing by wearing one of his costumes. But she's not a hero. She's a hero to social media. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do, do the one in the chat. Do the one in the chat. It's easy. It's easy. The one in the chat. There's a gimme in the chat. Dick Grayson as Batman counts? Yes, of course. Nightwing to Batman. But he becomes. But he is Batman at that point. He's not cosplaying he become, as Batman. He, That's offensive to consider him cosplaying oh as Batman. Oh, my God. He would have stayed Batman. It wasn't for New 52. Concept. Damn. I, 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 wow. I thought this was so simple. <laughs> I go next. I go next. I go next. Hold on. I go next. Okay. I'll, uh, oh, no. No. Dark Rain doesn't even work either. No. No, but you only get the one. You were first. It could be Dick Grayson's Batman, so I could think more. More. There you go. I, I, I was also going to do Jane Foster, Tyler, and he said no. And then I guess that scratches off Levi Kamei because technically he's not a hero; he's just a dude. Exactly. God damn it! Dude. Wait, but then Kate Bishop wouldn't count either, right? If she was just a person. Exactly. That's the whole fucking game. Yo, what is this bullshit, dude? I had Doc Ock <laughs> as Spider-Man too. You literally knocked out like five of my people. All right. It's uh, always villains. Come, it's it's the villains that are doing it. That's why. Uh, Kamala Khan as uh, for Miss Mar uh, for uh, uh, Captain Marvel, which literally turns into Captain Marvel. It's transformation. Sure. Sure. I just just for the sake of getting this thing moving. You you go, Sean. And I think we might have a better idea of okay. what you're looking for. I I I guess I I I don't know. I thought about this a while ago, and I feel like there's some obvious ones. But here's one that stands out to me: is Superman as Batman. When did that happen? Oh. That happens in I think it's I think it's Jeff Loeb, uh, World's Finest, where okay. he fights Bane for Batman. He he fights Bane, but he's Superman. I used to have a hero click of it. I remember this. Okay. Look it up. All right, what's your second one? 
So for my second one, I'm going to go with War Machine as Iron Man. The times that James Rhodes has taken over for Tony to be Iron Man. Okay. Oh, then I'll take uh, Falcon turning into Captain America. There you go. Oh, uh, geez. Um, I'll go. Um, I'll go with Frank Castle becoming the Cosmic Ghost Rider. All Ooh. right. I like that. And I go again for my third, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Howard the Duck turning into the Silver Surfer. <laughs> he did get the the power cosmic. That's crazy. Sure. Thanks, Chip. Uh, in that case, I'm going to do... Uh, can I do Miles Morales Spider-Man as regular in continuity Spider-Man? No. Huh? He, he's, he's a regular dude who becomes Spider-Man. Uh, shit. Spider-Man becoming the ultimate bag man. <laughs> hey, wait, is that count? No, it's not an actual hero. Yeah, although Spider-Man's probably a good one. I, I'm sure there's tons. Of, oh, I okay, I got one. Yeah, yeah, me fucking too. I might have just hinted it, but yeah. Uh, Mystique transforming into. First of all, villain, so automatically oh. DQ'd. Bro, what's that other half of, of Rogue? You know how Rogue is made up of like two people? It's like Cap- Captain Marvel's personality. Rogue is not made up of two people. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, Psylocke got... is two people. Yeah, Rogue has the powers of Captain Marvel, yes. No, but she had at some point the psyche that was like locked in her uh, prior prior to her like being released from she had yes because she was in a coma captain marvel was in a coma and rogue had captain marvel's uh memory or whatever yeah okay she took her brain over Does that trans account no she wasn't oh. running around as her <laughs> grasping at straws here <laughs> shit straws too i guess i guess this was a much harder draft than i thought no, Aaron Reed, don't say that. Delete it. Delete it. That's that's the one I had. That's my next one. <laughs> oh, Nightcrawler, Spider-Man. Oh. <laughs> was this what what was this the 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 seed that grew this idea? No, uh, I don't even remember what it was, but I just was thinking about this. So that's what you're going with, Marco? Yeah, bro. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> right, you get your next two, Sean. All right, so I'm gonna go with Iron Fist as Daredevil. Okay. And now it's tough because this is my last one. Um. Ooh, uh, no. Well, that's actually kind of that's kind of interesting. Oh, no, that wouldn't count. That wouldn't count. <laughs> You're having a whole discussion with yourself. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking about... Uh, oh, no, he was. Was Batman not a White Lantern? Then that's all of Blackest Night could be used there. Ooh, hey, 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 shut up. Because that that's more of a hey. title. It's not a char- character. 
I don't know. That smells funny to me. That smells like a cheat. Okay. All right. So then I, I won't I won't go with that. Um trying to think of a good one. Oh, I'm impressed. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I, he, he's I'm impressed in the chat says in the chat says um he's getting coming up some good ones. That was the uh, that was another one that I was thinking about was Amadeus Cho into the Hulk. So I'll but, go with that. Wait, but does okay. that count? What, what was Amadeus Cho was a hero. He's one of yeah. the smartest men in the in the Marvel universe oh. before he turns to the Hulk. Yeah. I'll go with that. Uh, Marco, uh, you want to struggle through your last one? Ah, shit. <laughs> Number four. <laughs> <laughs> ah! I'm trying to think who the fuck transforms. Shade the changey man, but... Damn, I have another one. Keep that in your pocket, Sean. You should know it. Oh, wait, we, not do, we can't do one. I'm, I'm zeroing in on, on a certain one right now. No, we can't. Snake, the te- the draft is superheroes and cosplay, so superhero characters wearing some other hero's costume and pretending to be them. I'm trying to lean into the Bat Family here or something. Bat There's a really is... obvious Bat Family one. Batgirl and... Oh. Does it involve something that looks like a rabbit? Mm-mm. And a mech? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Maybe I picked the less obvious Batman one. That's why I said this one was real obvious. Yeah. Oh, does that count? Wait, hold on. Does that count? What, Mar- Marco? Jim Gordon as Batman? I would say it does. He's a police officer. Uh, he's him? not a superhero. Fuck off. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. Sheesh. I, think, I mean, come on. That's the, the. These are the rules. We agreed. Did we? <laughs> yes. Uh, I thought we did. No, Black Canary doesn't do that. When I saw this written down, Sean, I was like, I don't know any cosplay people. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yo, uh, does, does Speedy becoming a uh, the Green Arrow. Surely it's happened. It must happen. Actually, n- didn't become a Green Arrow. No. Fuck. Isn't he well, the Red Arrow? Yeah, but is the but that's Arsenal. just like an, uh, was Red Arsenal, Arrow as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. think in that realm though. If only there was a prominent Teen Titans character <laughs> that took the mantle of his. <laughs> I can't believe you can't, this. You can't, but you can't do that because what was he before? I guess he'd be a psychic before. Did you Aqualand know he become had... Aquaman? <laughs> Oh my god, this is so unbelievably funny. <laughs> Didn't know we were at the dentist pulling teeth over here. No. I guess. Vengeance brings up another uh another good point. Oh, we have vengeance is... in the chat. <laughs> Yo, <Intimidated. he's> vengeance. <laughs> ooh, 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 hold on a second. Aaron Ruiz, you're right. Swamp thing, he 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 became Superman. He put on a cape, he he did a little transformation thing and he, he yes, did? yes. That, he did. That, that counts. All right, this one. Throw this out there. How are the duck becoming the juggernaut? 
<laughs> I remember that. Jugger He's Duck. A villain. Is oh yeah, it, that's right. Juggernaut is a well. What what was he at the time? I guess is Juggernaut's Jugger. a hero right now. Uh, I think I'd he was. It. I think it was a Thunderbolt at the time. Actually, I count it. Or I take Cap uh, Miss Marvel becoming Captain America. Which one do you want? Jugger Duck. I need double ducks right now. <laughs> 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 I need to. I need to get ducked up. We'll go. With, we'll go with that for the sake of brevity. Uh, the other one that was missed was Damian Wayne as Batman. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? Eh. Yeah. John Kent becoming hero. Superman is another big one too. Which one? Superboy into Superman. Oh yeah. That's, oh that's, uh, yeah. yeah See, this is where the, the gray area is what confused me. That's why I wanted to go. There's to something. no. There's no gray area. You just went uh for Superboy into Superman. But Dam- no, I w- no, 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 no. I wasn't. I, that that wasn't what I meant. What I meant was that Damien into. Batman counts, even though he's not he's not Batboy. He's Damian he? Wayne. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like he's Robin. So it's that, you know, transition from one hero identity to another. But he wasn't Robin when he became Batman. It was it was it was just Batman's son. Flash forward, he's Batman. Yeah, because in the future that's what happens. And we've seen that future since he's been Robin, Tyler. I don't know why I'm debating this and none of us took it, but <laughs> Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh, Atomic Count draft. is right. Bugs Bunny did become Superman. That's good. That's good. Um, we made it through the draft. Here are the teams we came up with. So <laughs> I have Superman as Batman, War Machine as Iron Man, Iron Fist as Daredevil, and Amadeus Joe as Hulk. Uh, Marco has Kamala Khan as Captain Marvel, Sam Wilson as Captain America, Nightcrawler as Spider Man, and Swamp Thing as Superman. And Tyler has Nightwing as Batman, Frank Castle as Cosmic Ghost Rider, Howard the Duck as Silver Surfer, and Howard the Duck as Juggernaut. So, hey, let's go. Repping Howard. Chat. Damn. Who won? Who won the draft? And of course, what me? What do we? What do I mean by win? Whatever your metric is. The metric is the amount of ducks on the team. (laughs) (laughs) And I made sure I was extra safe with that. It's who really struggled their way through. That's the that's his Marco. Uh, it's the amount of webbed feet. Marco, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ask Marco such a niche superhero comic question? <laughs> I don't know, uh, dude. Listen, I'm gonna keep these so generic from now on. I'm trying to have fun with it. Sean's going back to Avengers next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what we're going to have to do. It would be nice to tackle previous drafts that we've done, but eliminating those as an option. And I can put that on the screen. That'd those cool. characters? Yeah. Oof. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like literally have like a no-fly list on the screen. So Avengers minus all the Avengers yeah, that yeah, we yeah. actually know about. We'll have to say fucking like Stingray. man <laughs> Stingray. Uh, Brother Druid. <laughs> Dr. Druid. Yeah. I'm down. We, we can we could do that. That sounds like a next a good next week draft. We'll yeah, talk. Marco, uh, do your research. You got a week. Yeah, maybe some googling. So yeah, chat. Let us know who won. Um, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for all of the support throughout this last weekend. Uh, all the comments that we've been getting on our interviews. Really, really appreciate those of you who take the time to leave comments for us on anything that we do. Um, at the podcasting panel that we went to at New York Comic-Con, one of the things that the creators talked about was how meaningful 
when you get comments and when you get reviews and things like that because it shows that you guys, the listeners, are doing the most. You're going the extra mile to show your support. Listening to the podcast is cool, and we obviously appreciate everybody that does that. But those of you who literally do anything extra, you guys are what keeps this podcast going. You guys are the reason why we're getting bigger. You guys are the reason why we had some incredible things happen to us at Comic-Con this year. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, really appreciate y'all. I know that so many of you found us within this last year, within the last 12 months. So thank you to those of you who have joined us. Thank you to those of you who have been here for the whole ride. You guys are great. And uh, we're going to make next year's New York Comic Con way bigger. I firmly believe that. Honestly, at this at this rate, why limit it to New York Comic Con? Right. I'm just saying. I was speaking with a creator just today who was saying that we need to go to C2E2. Oh, oh dude, I was supposed to, and then I got divorced. <laughs> oh, shoot. I had the ticket and everything. <laughs> yeah, we got told uh, San Diego's always open for people and then Emerald City. Yeah, Emerald City is the one I really want to do, yeah. Mm. The show will be back to its regular schedule next week, so the next week uh, show will be Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern if you want to watch it live on YouTube.com slash ComicsPals. Uh, Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern for Pals Pulls. If you have enjoyed all the coverage, if you've enjoyed this episode, if you've enjoyed everything that we've done, Patreon.com slash ComicsPals is the absolute best way to show that support. Uh, right now, there is the Comic-Con blog uh, that you can check out for totally free. If you enjoyed that at all, um, there's a lot more things like that behind the uh, the Patreon subscription. So, um, you know, if you want to support us anyway and you enjoy what I put out, you know, the, the best is yet to come for you. Uh, so definitely check that out. Live Book Club, October 30th. Put it in your calendar. You're not going to want to miss this. The first live book club ever in the history of the show. We will be talking about the long Halloween on the eve of Halloween. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we have a talkback segment planned where we want to hear from you guys. So get out your copy of the long Halloween. Read through it. Come with some thoughts. We want to share thoughts with y'all at the end, which is something that we never get to do with the book club. So this is going to be a lot of fun. We hope you guys show out for it. Um, Amin Perez in the chat says, will you ever open the membership on YouTube? Stay tuned, bud. Yeah, it's like Marco typed anything in there. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, we have a lot of fun things planned. A lot, a lot of fun. Atomic Account says, I will see you at C2E2. If you make it, so will I. Hope to see you there. Hope to see you there. Hope to see you guys next week with us on the show. Thank you all so much for the support. It means the world. We got to go. Stay tuned for our interviews dropping this week. Oh, plugs. I'm sorry. Marco, quick plugs. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Comics Pals. You can catch me on Instagram, Twitter, all the things at Mr. Marco Animoto. And oh, One Piece. It's all in my head. Talk to me. Tyler. You can follow me on uh, Instagram at the Tyler Olson. Uh, also on X. Also on Blue Sky. Also on Threads. Uh, uh, Tinder. I don't know what the heck I'm still on. Um, it might actually be my lot. If you can, you probably could find me that way. 
Um, yeah, check out the interviews. I did a uh, Chip Starsky. I did Danny Warren Johnson interviews. Check those out. Share that with your grandma. Let her know. Hey, grandma, watch these uh, uh, two mostly white guys talk about something you don't care about. Just give them the view. Hi, um, but yeah, just do that. Um, I'd, be, I'd be really appreciated. I, I had a lot of fun with those interviews. So, As for me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, only at Sean Soapbox, and uh, I am full of tiredness, but also happiness. This was a great weekend. Thanks to Tyler and Marco for all their uh, tremendous effort this weekend. Uh, really, really did a great job behind the camera as much as they did in front of the camera. Uh, so thank you guys a lot. And uh, thank you guys for supporting. It means the world. Until next week, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week.